Hello and welcome back to Mad Get Radio, episode number 14. This week on the radio we have the lowdown on Strife 2018. So this is our singles competition that Scottish Wildlands are running. And I'm joined by the two organisers, one being the man, the myth, the legend, Edward Murdoch. Greetings. And the other being the yogi to my boo-boo, it's Paul. How's it going, guys? Everyone's good. Excited to talk about some tournament goodness coming up. Absolutely. We're all super excited about this. Um, so basically, we're going to sh- follow the same kind of format that we've done um, in our past episodes where we've talked about tournaments. Uh, I'm going to just uh, very shortly hand over to the guys. They'll give you a rundown of the tournament. And then we're actually going to do the pairings live on air tonight. And then once we've done all the pairings, we'll talk about each of the draws. We'll talk about the lists, uh, who we think's got the edge. And then towards the end, we'll wrap up and talk a little bit about who we think is going to end up at that podium. So without any further ado... Um, I'm going to hand over to Ed, who's going to tell us all about Strife 2018. Yeah, so we are currently sitting about 18 players, I believe. Yeah, we were following on from uh, last year. Last year was fun. It was quite a chilled event, I think, playing a a one-day singles event. My co-organizer, Paul, is exceptionally good at sourcing prizes that put quite a lot of large tournaments to shame, though, so... Sexual uh, favours, man. It's all about the sexual favours. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so there's definitely reasons to come. Uh, <laughs> sexual favours being number one. <laughs> <laughs> but most of all, I think it should be a fun event. We've tried to add a little bit of entertainment with the uh, Stravillan Strife Bingo, which we hope will keep everyone entertained. And yeah, Paul can uh, let you know all about the wonderful prizes we have. Yeah, man. As before, we've been extraordinarily lucky this year, so we've got a lot of really nice prizes up for grabs. So we've got a 6x4 neoprene map from Deep Cut Studios. It's got a lovely kind of magma finish. That's going to be up for one of the top prizes. We've also got two 4x4 mats up for grabs. They'll probably be supplementing the bingo prizes. They are from Urban Mats. Also have a whole ton of minis from Spellcrow. So for those of you that aren't aware, Spellcrow do kind of high fantasy slash steampunk style minis. Do a lot of really good orc and goblin and dwarf in particular minis if you're interested. And we've got 24 completely different miniatures up for grabs. So they'll probably again be up for the bingo prizes. We've also got an amazing standalone demon mini from Creature Caster. So for you guys that don't know, CreatureCaster are a North American company that really specialize in these really good, large, uh, kind of focal monsters for your army. So if you're interested in picking up a really cool dragon or a demon or like tree men style minis, they're a really good company to check out. They've just got a UK distributor off the ground, so you don't have to pay for international shipping, which is good. And we also have some vouchers up for grabs just for additional prizes from Mantic and Reaper. So a really good array of different prizes. So hopefully you guys listening out there that maybe didn't manage to come this year round, that may be tempting to come in next year or to the team tournament in autumn time that me and Angel put on. So yeah, man. pretty I mean, cool. Sexual favours and prizes. You'd be a fool. Sexual favours and prizes. And we'll also have um, some unique 3D custom designed uh, trophies up for grabs as well, which are really cool. So... If anyone was at the last tournament, the Scottish Champs we had earlier in the year, we had some pretty cool 3D trophies there. These ones that we've got this time round 
are completely new designs, never been used before. Really cool, well-painted, so lots of goodies up for grabs. I'm really excited to see the trophies in person and have a chance to try and win one of them. Yeah, they're... uh, we, what we've done is we've kind of woven the designs into around the theme of the club. So obviously we're the Scotch Wildlings and some of the titles for the prizes this year are kind of linked to that. So we've got the Bingo Prize, which is the Magnar of Stravellan. And we've, we're going to have a best kind of painted, best modelled, put together army, kind of a combined prize. That's going to be the Exalted Horde. And we have the tournament overall tournament champion award that's going to be the king beyond the wall so not giving away what the trophies themselves are going to look like but needless to say they kind of tie in with those themes so if they're anything like as good as the sketches that we've got from the guy that makes them they're going to be fantastic and we've been assured by hbo that we will not be sued for this sexual favors sexual favors makes the money go yeah makes the world go round so, guys, before we talk about the list, please tell me about this bingo I've heard so much about. <laughs> <laughs> so, any anyone who's looked at the tournament pack uh, or goes to look at it now will get an idea. There'll be a few minor tweaks to the design for the actual tournament, but essentially it's pretty straightforward. When something happens in your game that matches up to the list of things on the bingo card, you cross it off. First person to get a line will get a prize, and potentially there'll be some other line prizes for second and third. But ultimately, there will be one person who either completes the whole thing, which is possible but unlikely, or one person who has the most of the objectives completed at the end of the tournament, and they'll be declared the Magnar of Stravelin. Uh, really cool, guys. I really like that. It's something that sometimes it can be a bit, you know, you can feel a little bit out of things when you're not having a great tournament or points aren't going your way. And, you know, sometimes I think just a little bit extra to root for, especially because some of the objectives are negative things like units fleeing off the board or miscasting (laughs) and, you know, just to add a little bit of humor. So Paul's going to win it, is that what you're saying? (laughs) I'm not even playing and I'm going to win it. (laughs) That's how bad it is. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully it will give people reason to chuckle in the darker moments. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Um, so before we go any further, Paul, do you want to run us through how we're going to do the the pairings and stuff tonight? Yeah, so if you guys have listened to our show we did pre-Scottish Champs, we're basically going to do it the same way. So what I've done is I've divvied up the players into two pools. So we've got wildlings in one pool and non-wildlings in another. And this way, at least, uh, for the majority of players for game one, they'll get to play someone they don't regularly get to play against. Um, so we'll get Andrew, if you want to pick the numbers, cool. and Ed, if you want to pick the letters. Neither of these guys have seen these kind of pools, so I can let you guys know actually what the matchups are going to be round one. Awesome. So as it stands, we've got a kind of uneven split. So I think there's 11 wildlings and 7 non-wildlings. So the way it'll work is the last 4 wildlings to be drawn will will be paired up with each other. So there will be some guys in the club that will need to play each other, but hopefully rounds 2 and 3 you'll get to play someone new. Awesome. Right, so will we get started? Yeah, man. Let's do this. Right, Paul, what do you want first? Right, Andrew, give me a number. Number 1. Number 1 is Nick Armitage, and Nick is playing Beast Herds. Ooh. Uh, right, Ed, 
What's the 80th letter in the alphabet? No, dude, there's only seven. <laughs> this is going is well. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. This is the... Yeah, A yeah, to okay. G is your option. Right, okay. Let's go with Okay, Nick is playing Matthew Reed. Ooh. Matthew is playing BC. Cool, so let's go on to the second pair. Andrew, a number, please. Can I have number five, please? Number five is Simon Layden, not Simon Linz, as some may know him as. I mean, we're both handsome, but we're not, in fact, related. I always like, put Simon down as Simon Lind, which is Andrew's last name. I don't know why, but that happens. Um, right, Ed? Uh, B. B is Matthew Wilson. So that's the Infernal Dwarves. Yes. Oh, lots of flaming against trees. What could go wrong there? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Fuck. Right, Sorry, okay. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> right, Andrew, a number? Uh, let's go with number four. Number four is Monroe Armitage, who is playing... Vermswarm. A letter Ed? Uh, let's go G. G is Tony. And Tony is playing a wildly illegal uh, <laughs> vampire count army. Classic Tony. <laughs> I think I think mostly just slightly out of date vampire lists. Oh yeah, uh, like six months ago it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go for number 10. Number 10 is Henrik. Who uh, is playing Dwarven Holds. Let's say A. And Henrik is going to be playing against the mighty Tim Botnick. Oh. So it's going to be dwarves versus vampire counts. Seekers like, like gas, don't they? That's the thing, right? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, He's going to have like a that, yeah. time of his life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's two quite combat-focused armies. That will be entertaining. That will be a smash. Okay, uh, pair number five. Cool, let's go for number eight. Number eight is going to be the mighty Fraser Campbell oh, with his dwarven horns. Uh, and let's say C. Fraz is going to be playing against Brian, and Brian is bringing Brian Kingdom Dormer. of Equitane. Cool. Nice one. Okay, uh, let's go seven. Seven is Michael Doherty, who is playing Kingdom of Equitane. Not Kingdom of Equitane, but what they call <laughs> Oh, spoilers! <laughs> What's your army called, Andrew? Empire of Sunstall. <laughs> yeah, it's a cav list, it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely can't field that cab list with my Equitane. <laughs> Would you want to? Uh, to be continued in the list review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can choose D and E. Uh, let's go for E. Okay, so Michael is going to be playing against Danny and his Orc and Goblins. Uh, right, you, Andrew? You realise we're going to be playing each other, right? <laughs> um... Let's go... Don't fuck it up! 11. Oh, it's Martin. <sighs> totally played each other out. <laughs> Martin's bringing uh, someone else. Which means that he is going to be playing against James. And James is bringing overcuts. Okay. Okay. Give okay. me a number. Let's go with number two. It's Andrew Cowan. Andrew Cowan is bringing dwarves. Probably sensing a theme here. Lots of dwarves, lots of vampires. Right, Ed. Don't fuck it up. You got three, here, six, and eight. Let's go for eight. That's you, Ed. You're playing dwarves. Ooh. I don't know if I want that one, but okay. So the last matchup is Guillermo Bardera versus the mighty Andrew Lind. <laughs> Guillermo. That'll be a good game. Gonna take you off, G. <laughs> Your gunline versus his gunline. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a riveting game to watch. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. 
Right, so, so just all two, nine pairs. We'll run through it again. So the first pairing is uh, Nick Armitage against Matt Reed. So that'll be Beast Herds against VC. The second matchup is Simon Layden's Sylvan Elves against Matt Wilson's Infernal Dwarves. Third matchup is Monroe Armitage's Vermin Swarm against Tony Swallow's VC. We've got Henrik uh, with his Dwarf Holds against Tim with his VC. We've got Fraz with his Dwarf Holds against Brian with his KOE. We've got Michael with his Imposter Empire Sunstall, aka King's Rectane, against Danny Minto's <laughs> Orson Goblins. We've got Martin, aka the Salt Miner, with the Sylvan Elves against James with his Ochre Cans. We've got Andy Cowan with his Dwarf Holds against Ed with his Orson Goblins. And then we've got myself with my Empire Sunstall against Guillermo with his Vermin Swarm. Cool. Well, there's a That's few tasty ones in there. <laughs> So we start off with Nick and Matthew Reed. Yeah, so Nick's bringing his Beast Herds. Uh, General is a Minotaur Lord with a Beast Axe, Angor's Affliction, Crown of Horns and Fatal Folly. He's got a Minotaur Chieftain as his BSB with uh, a Greater Totem Bearer, a Beast Axe, Talisman of Shield and, and Wild Form. He's got a Soothsayer who's a Wizard Adept with Druidism. He's got Paired Weapons and Dark Rain. For Core, he gets bonus points for being as close to the Core margin as 6. He has a uh, unit you know, 23 Longhorn, uh, sorry, Wildhorn uh, with full command and uh, paired weapons. He's got three raiding chariots, 10 mongrel raiders with scout and ambush, and 10 dogs. For special, he has, guess, seven minotaurs, musician standard, paired weapons, banner speed, and he's got another unit the exact same. And he's got a razor tusk chariot, and then his final unit is a Gortak. And that comes to 4,500 on the dot. Very cool. I like it. Those uh, minos. They are no joke. Holy shitballs, they can pump out some amount of attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Especially two of them in the one combat. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good, no? no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this was uh, my kind of initial fluff review of this was, oh my god, muscle beasts everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I like it. Yeah, it's a very kind of beasts of the wild, bring out your kind of big hitters list. I love Bring out your goats. I think some people will definitely struggle against that many attacks coming at them, that much infantry barreling towards them. Yeah. You've got a... There's not a lot of units in the game that can outfight the Minos if they get in relatively unharmed. So the best way is to shoot them, but that's easier said than done because they're pretty speedy. They're only agility 3, though, is that right? Uh, Yeah. 3 or 4, yeah. But they've got the totem to get plus three agility if he gets that off. If he gets, yeah. So that's one to be aware of. Yeah. Plus if he drops, sticks up dark rain, and then he's getting spells off to make stuff like high toughness, that's going to be nasty. Because he's got the one ambushing unit. Uh, the only big? unit that can ambush in this list is the dogs. Oh, sorry, the Mongol Raiders as well. Yeah, so he's, he's changed it a little bit from when I played him on the weekend. Originally had two units of wild horns. Yeah. He didn't have the Mongol Raiders. I think in that list, he felt like he didn't have enough chaff. Whereas at least now, he's got the dogs and the mongrels. So the mongrels can help clear like small chaff, and then he's got the dogs as well. So. Yeah. It can also mean that his uh, soothsayer goes in with the mongrels to keep him safe, because that was a risk um, with putting them in the wildhorn herd, because you kind of want that as your, your second wave after the minos hit. But having your magic phase in that unit is also very dangerous, because the wildhorns themselves can get munched, uh, and the Soothsayer in particular has not got anything really offensively or defensively, so if he gets picked out by a, even a moderately killy character, he's going to be in trouble. But, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's, like cool. I say, it's an improvement over the initial iteration. He's got more chaff now. 
it's a cool list. It's really thematic. I really like it. Yeah. There's a lot of threads yeah. as well, which I like. I mean, yeah, the, the unit of chariots is cool. Yeah, it's, it's hard to deal with because all these units are scary in their own right, all these combat units. So you've got to be very careful about your target prioritization. But yeah, no, I think this, this list has potential. What does Matt have in his list? So top marks go to Matt because he's properly named everything <laughs> in the whole fucking list, which is awesome. Very cool. So Matt's list is he's playing vc it's called the slavering horde of the beast the maiden snatcher the scourge of stravelin very cool very thematic in characters the beast the maiden snatcher the scourge of stravelin himself is a vampire count who's a general with dead eyes he's a strigoi an adept with bestial bulk he's got the eternity gem he has a halberd and the magical heirloom he also has a vampire courtier who's also strigoi an apprentice who's the bsb with the flaming banner and true thirst in core, he's got a big unit of 40 ghouls with a champion, a.k.a. the Slavering Horde. He's got the Maiden Snatchers, which are a unit of 10 ghouls with Vanguard and Champ. The Child Hunters, which are another unit of 10 ghouls with the Vanguard upgraded and Champ. And the Hooked Horrors of Holdenburg, which are 10 wolves and a champion. He's got some Swift Death units. He's got the Stravelin Shrieker, uh, Shrieking Horror. He's got the Skoro Screamer, which is another Shrieking Horror. And the Brethren of the Beast, which are four vampire spawn. And in special, he's got five ghasts, a.k.a. the Corpse Claws. Two units of three ghasts. One is called the Horrid Hunchbacks. The other is the Tortured Totemics. And two great bats, or sorry, two units of two great bats called the Winged Horrors. And that's his list. So very thematic. Love the names. He's tasked with remembering the names for all the units in the game. (laughs) It's got to be referring to things by their names. If he just starts calling stuff by what they're called in the book, that's unacceptable. There will be point deductions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you're the resident VC expert. What do you think of this? Yeah, man, I like it. Um, it's very similar to the list he ran last year at Strife. Very ghoul-themed. Uh, he's changed up a wee bit. So he had the vampire spawn before, but he only had, I think, one unit of gas. So he's obviously bulked them out now. I think that's just because things across all books have got slightly cheaper, so he's been able to play with a bit more points. I really like the list. It's really, really cool. The vampires are no joke. They're tough. The one thing that I might struggle with is raising, uh, because he's only got mm-hmm. the two of them, and one's an adept, one's an apprentice, and they both have to go uh, shamanism. You can swap them out for his raised spells, but they're, they're so important for all VC lists, so he's probably going to do that, which means his magic phase is going to be quite limited. The the 40 go block, if that gets in unmolested, that just does work. You know, all those attacks, all those poison, it's it's really nasty if it if you allow it to do what it, it does. He's got good scoring, he's got good chaff in the dogs. I mean the dogs can be chaff or they can go off and threaten flanks, uh, but he's also got the, the bats and then he's got the horrors which um should scare the living shit out of all monsters because they can do nasty, nasty work. And he's not yeah. made the rookie mistake of taking one, he's taken two for good measure. So I really, really like this. Nice. We should also say that Matt won Strife last year. Yeah. And in his honour, the fluff around the tournament has kind of reflected that. So the fact that he's named all of his units and his army is like awesome as well. So it's really cool. cool. My kind of notes on this where this this feels like uh, just what it sounds like. It's a wall of flesh, basically. You know, so many chunky characters and then chunky units and everything all together will just give this massive sense of scale that will be hard to uh, hard to beat, really. What movement are on uh, ghouls, Andrea? Are they five? Uh, movement five, yeah. So, oh, sorry, ghouls are just four. They're not five. They're, they're four. just four? Yeah. Right, okay. Just because he doesn't have evil for the magical move. No, he doesn't, he doesn't have any speed banners. 
So it's not the fastest close combat list. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the main weakness of the list is going to be his magic. Because his magic phase isn't particularly strong. He's got the magical heirloom on the count, which will help. Because it means he can take the raise spell and then two from uh, shamanism. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like his magic's got enough, particularly in the early stages of the game, where he wants to be casting those shamanism spells to cover him as he's going in. I mean, what are going to be his options between an apprentice and an adept on shamanism? You've got Swarm Six, Awaken the Beast, Chilling Hell. Chilling Hell's good. I think missing out on the uh, Totemic will have, yeah. an, imp- have yeah. an impact, I think. And Break the Spirit as well, potentially. Yeah. For... yeah, I mean, Break the Spirit allows you to avoid those matchups that you don't want, because a lot of people will not want to charge with that dangerous train over them, which would help, especially... I mean, the, the goo block is solid, but it's definitely got stuff that will just munch through them. Mm. And his characters are solid, but there's there's ways around them. Getting but, Savage Fury off on the goal blocks potentially oh, quite it's, scary. It's nasty, yeah. They go strength four, resilience four. That's, that's something to shift. I really like it. I mean, like I say, it's got good scoring as well, so it should be able to compete well for the the secondaries, which is so important. So I I predict that Matt will do well. Yeah, well, pressure's on if he wants to defend his title. Absolutely. Do predictions. What do you think? I'm gonna go. Ah, oh, it's, it's a really interesting matchup actually because they're both very similar. Yeah. I think it'll depend on if Nick has any way to that he's thought out to deal with the Shrieking Horrors. Yeah. I think without that, the Vampire Spawn and the Shrieking Horrors might just run rings around Nick's list, so I think I'd probably give it to Matt. Okay. Cool. I don't know. I think similarly, the, the Shrieking Horrors are good. I mean, they're huge models. Yeah. so They are hard to manoeuvre. Yeah. If the Gortak gets in, Gortak should win that. And then... I don't know. I'll give it to Nick, but that's heavily dependent on Nick's magic because, just from experience, the combination of totems and druidism can be really brutal. Yeah. And apart from the vampires, he doesn't have high agility, does he? No. On this list, no. So you know that's something that I think the beasts generally struggle with. So it's less of a disadvantage in this game. So I'll just give it to Nick. I think. Yeah, I think Nick's list is probably one of the few that uh, Matt wouldn't want to play because I think the Minos essentially destroy everything they touch. I don't think he's really got any way to deal with them apart from you know, if the horrors can get on them but the horrors are probably going to be busy with the Gortak I don't know. Matt's got the advantage that he can chaff him up but I think probably Nick's got the advantage going into that. Just a bit more speed. Yeah. It's definitely not like a foregone conclusion or anything like that but... No, that'll be a good game to watch. I think it'll be, yeah, it'll be a very good game but I think Nick probably has the nudge going in. Okay. So we're giving that one to Nick overall, but yeah, definitely a close game. game so second pairing? Yeah, so Simon and his Sylvan Elves is taking on Matt Wilson and his Infernal Dwarves. Ed, do you want to go through Simon's list? So he's got the uh, Tree Father Ancient as his general, uh, with a wizard, as a wizard master with druidism. Uh, so yeah, bringing some tough magic. Uh, Thicket Beast Battle Standard Bearer uh, with Entangling Vines. He's got a core of 20 dryads, 22 forest guards with sylvan blades and the rending banner. Uh, he's got 11 sylvan archers. Then for special, he's got four orchestral knights with champion and the hard target shield option, five thicket beasts with the champion, another tree father, uh, and then in unseen arrows, he's got eight pathfinders, eight pathfinders, and six sylvan sentinels. So a whole lot of uh, shooting of the specialised kind coming towards people who are fighting that list. Yeah, I like this. I like the mix between the kind of high, tough trees and then still having that elite shooting as well. 
I think that's a really yeah. cool combination. And again, he's still got good magic with Druidism, so he can be, you know, healing things. So he can be quite resilient when he gets into close combat. Uh, like yeah. his list. I think it'll look cool on the table. Like Simon's a good painter as well. So reading through the lists, this is one of the ones that stood out to me as potentially looking very cool on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the mix. I, uh, I think it might not have the most effective magic because it lacks channel to a significant degree. So I think he's going to be down a dice compared to anyone who's kind of gone full in on magic. But uh, but I think it's got a lot of options. It's got a lot of chaff and thing. Well, it's got a lot of chaff potential with the Kestrel Knights to sort of run rings around people. The Pathfinders will do work. They'll take off units uh, or they'll take off individual things. But I think there are hard counters to this list. I think anyone who's got heavy pyromancy, for example, will probably pose a significant <laughs> threat to it. Yeah, uh, same as you guys. I like the list. It's almost like a kind of combined arms uh, Sylvan Elf list. He's kind of got a bit of everything. Yeah. I think the the one unit that kind of jumps out is his Forest Guard. I don't really know what, what they can really do, but his models for them are really nicely painted. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, and they've got the Rendon Banner, so between that and the Sylvan Blades... Yeah, you can kind of just two. throw them up. Um, and it doesn't really ma- it doesn't matter if they get charged because they'll be striking first and then they're getting the yeah. too. So it's a nice thing to have. Um, and if they're buffed, yeah, as they well, can, they'll they be do more works. resilient and they can regrow them. So it's a fairly decent. I mean, how many points is that? 400, 400 points. Four hundred seven, yeah. So a, a decent, fairly light, fairly quick infantry unit that can go after um, objectives. Yeah. Depending. I mean, the Kestrel Knights don't score, right? No, they don't score. Okay, but they can be going after maybe other chaff and light scorers and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, just going for things like if it's secure target or king of the hill, like, you know, the thicket beasts getting on top of an objective, they're going to be hard to shift. Um, are the thicket beasts scoring? They are now, I think. Oh, they are scoring now. Okay, cool. And they're scoring and resilience five as well. Yeah, resilience five base. So getting that up to, like, resilience eight or something, if he's got, like, a <sighs> Yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing to move. <laughs> and then they can be stubborn in the forest, right? And regrown. Yeah. I think they're bodyguard, aren't they, as well? Yes, they are Thicket Shepherd. So obviously the BSP is going to go in there and round them up to six. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, who yeah. he's playing against, that's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> so, yeah, he's playing uh, the lovely Matt Wilson, who is bringing his uh, very nicely painted Inferno Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. So Matt has, for his general prophet, who's a wizard adept with alchemy, he's on top of a temple Lamasu. He's got Infernal Armor, a Hand Weapon Shield, the Magical Heirloom, Heat Haze, and Alchemist Alloy. He's got an Overlord on a Bull of Shamut, extra points for swag. He has Infernal Armor, Shield, Hand Weapon, Secrets of Mithril, Ghostly Guard, and Burning Steel. BSB is a Vizier, who has Infernal Armor, Shield, uh, and Infernal Weapon. He's got the Mask of the Infernus and the Potion of Swiftness. Core, he gets bonus points for being 1125. He's got two units of 10, Citadel Guard with Flintlock Axes, Infernal Armor, Shields, and Musician. And then he's got a unit of 25 Infernal Warriors with Heavy Armor, Great Weapons, Champion Position, Standard Bear, and the Banner of Shamut. For Special, he's got quite a small unit of 15 Immortals, Infernal Weapons, Infernal Armor, Shield, Champion Position, Standard. For his Barrage category, he has two Flamethrower teams. And then for Bound and Binders, he has the Kadim Titan himself and an Infernal Engine with the Shrapnel Guns. And that's 4495. I'm looking forward to seeing the Slug. I feel sorry for uh, Simon because that's a hard one. That's what she said. It's a it's a fairly hard counter to yeah. what Simon's brought for sure. Uh, I think I mean his archers could probably have a shot at thinning out, taking on one of the the things just through weight of fire, weight yeah. of quality fire. 
but yeah, I mean, this is a, a collection of some of the nastiest things in this book with, you know, the Bullishima Infernal Engine and the Kadeen Titan all in the same list. That's that's going to scare a lot of people. Yeah. Good What's thing the armor it, when a Kadeen? Five okay. up, five up. The Kadeem is a motherfucker, though. He will yeah, well, wreck face. At Midlands, I put a Grail boss and a Grail character into a Kadeem Titan, and I bounced off. Yeah. So I've had that pain. I mean... He's 575 points, he's expensive, but he can easily get those points back if he's allowed to do what he wants. Um, and Matt's got actually quite a mobile list because of the, the bull and the lamasu, mm-hmm. so he can pick his targets. But, I mean, a lot of it relies on armour, and then Simon's got the two Pathfinders, and the, the Thicket Beasts, you know, Strength 5, AP uh, 1 or 2. So, you know, the flaming will hurt. I think the only thing is that the... Infantry doesn't. The infantry wouldn't really worry me in this list. It's no. the other things yeah. that really bring, no, the, bring bring the pain. So uh, yeah, I think if if Simon can handle the bigger stuff, then he he's got a shot at this one. Yeah, and the shrapnel guns, they're D three wounds, right? Yeah, they uh, they're really nasty. So they, that against the tree fathers, yeah, is that's hard. not gonna that's gonna, not gonna be good. I've seen most people seem to think that the the hammers, the combat version, is the better is the better option for the infernal engine. So. Is the Infernal Engine, is this a random mover? can be, so yes, basically so, yeah. it's like a chariot, and then it yeah. has a random movement option to shove it forward faster. Can it still shoot when it does that? I think it may give up its shooting when it... Okay. Yep, yeah, you're right. I think it's going to be tough for Simon, but if Simon can get some luck early on in the game and take out either one of his big characters, or like the Engine or the, uh, the Kadim, then it's game on. So what do we think predictions? Ed, you go first. What are you thinking? I think that I think it's difficult to imagine that Matt won't carry it. Just I think he's got too many things that can go in his favour. I think Simon needs everything to go in his favour for this game to go well for him. So I put my money on Matt. Yeah, I agree. Just of all the lists, I think this is probably one that Simon wouldn't have wanted to play, especially game one. I mean, potentially, depending on what kind of magic... I mean, if Simon goes on the offensive, if he's shooting, can get work done then he can maybe get a small win depending on the secondary. What kind of scoring does Matt have? He's got... He's not got a huge amount of scoring. Four infantry blocks? Yeah. Yeah, so, so if it's breakthrough, then he might have the potential to slow things down. Or Yeah, um, I think that might be... I think that might be a tighter game. I don't think there'll be much in that either way, but I think Simon's definitely going to have the harder go of it. So... I would probably just, yeah, I think Matt's probably the safer bet, but I don't think it's a given by any means. Okay. I think it's probably Matt's game to lose more than anything, unfortunately. And it's really brutal for Simon. But, I mean, if he, if he gets the, like, you know, a little bit of luck in the early game that can so often swing it, then it is game on. But I think that list on list, I think, uh, yeah, it's probably Matt's game to lose more than anything else. Cool. Next matchup. Yeah, third pairing, we've got Monroe Armitage versus Tony Swallow. So Monroe's bringing the Vermin Swarm. He's got a Vermin Demon for his general. He has a Chieftain with light armor and Lightning Rod as his BSB. In core, he's got two units, 10 foot pads with musicians. He's got one block, a 25 Rat at Arms with musician and standard. And then he's got two 45 blocks of slaves with musicians and one block of 47 slaves with a musician. He has two units of four Vermin Hulks with Champions and the Thunder Hulk upgrade with Naphtha Throwers. He has two units of five Jusails, two Plague Catapults, and three Globe Launchers. And that's the list. Well, it's Lots a shooting. of shooting. Yeah, man. Ed, what do you think about this list? 
I think it's so rare these days to see a vermin list that isn't heavy on shooting. But uh, I like it a lot, actually. I like the vermin demon. I like the big slave blocks. I think those are quite thematic as well. I think that that looks very much like a kind of quintessential vermin list. You know, had a population explosion, so let's get them all out there to die. <laughs> oh, man. Paul, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I think it's quite straightforward. Slaves march up, you get into combat, he shoots you while you're in combat. If you don't get into combat, he shoots you. It's hard to deal with in the sense that there's only one way to deal with it. I mean, the slave blocks are going to be taking up a lot of the board, so depending on how it deploys and what the secondary is, trying to outmaneuver them might be kind of difficult because it's just going to have steadfast for days. I really like the Vermin Demon. It's solid magic. Divinations are really good, really good lore. He's got some anti-shooting protection with it. The Lightning Rod's a massive pain in the ass, so that might fuck with some people's lists. Against lists that have a lot of infantry, like Matt's Infernal Dwarves that play catapults are going to be a pain in the dick. Yeah. Especially the Lightning Rod, because these two flyers aren't really going to be able to get around there. So that's... Yeah, I like it. Like what Ed says, it'll look cool on the table. It'll look like a a proper vermin list. The vermin hulks are really good. Yeah, pretty straightforward. I dig it. Five Gisales for 190 points is a steal. It's really good. It's got good scoring. It's got lots of shooting. The shooting will do better against armoured armies than against unarmoured armies, but it's still got enough that it'll hurt. I think the big thing is, if you have got a list that can take out that vermin demon... That game is totally different. I think if you take out the Vermin Demon, the, the list will start to crumble. The Vermin Demon won't see uh, open ground if you've got a way to take it out from range, though. He can do a lot of work from di- from a distance. Yeah, but that's quite a, you know that's a disciplined way to play, like to, <laughs> to keep it back. And you know, it's it, I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes when you know what you should do, but you want to get something like a Vermin Demon or you know like a dragon or whatever in combat. I like the list yeah. though. It's it's hard to deal with. Vermin Demon is very decent in combat still. Yeah. Strength 6, Agility 9 or 10, AP 9 or 10, Divine Attacks. It's pretty good. It's a risk, but against certain things, it should not yeah. be that much of a risk. There's not a lot of catapults here as well. I mean, all the catapults, I think, are play catapults. Yeah, all so, the catapults are yeah. in his own list. <laughs> <laughs> and he will be shooting the shit out of his own slaves, to which he will not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah it's cool. I like it. So, Monroe is up against Tony. Tony. Right, Ed, do you want to take this one, which is wildly illegal? <laughs> so it's 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 not that illegal. Uh, having, <laughs> not that uh, illegal. <laughs> have it, having gone through it for Tony earlier, essentially all that needs done is the points updating, the Divine Icon taken out, and a few names updated and things, and it would be legal. It would actually be about 160 points short, so... There's potentially a little bit more to be added to this list once it's brought up to uh, the current version. So two count. He's got one count. Sorry, uh, he's got uh, full on Brotherhood of the Dragon count, Crimson Fury, and Skeletal Steed, and Kingslayer Eternity Gem. So that guy is going to sit in the in the cavalry, and he Blend. will. <laughs> yes, he will do some significant output of damage, and he'll hit a unit rather than characters. I think ideally. But he will still hit on, you know, threes and twos, and he'll do all sorts of pain to things. Then two necromancers, one of them mounted with the Dance Macabre, which is obviously a fantastic spell for vampires. Both necromancers on evocation. Then his core, he's got four units of eight dire wolves, which I don't think I've seen anyone running quite so much dire wolves. Uh, and then four units of 20 zombies, which, you know, they are what they are. They're zombies. Twelve barrow knights uh, with what? would become the banner of uh, Zagvozd, which is where his characters will go. 
uh, where his yeah probably his uh, necromancer as well. He might put his general into the vampire knights thinking about it. Two units of five wraiths, which are interesting chaff. You know they're difficult to deal with. You've either got to bring lots of combat res, magical attacks, or just sheer weight of numbers. Five Vampire Knights with the Flaming Standard, and Vampire Knights are some of the toughest things to shift in the game, I think. Uh, And then three units of three Vampire Spawn. So I like this list actually a lot. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. It's very fast. Yeah. I take it, I mean, Tony will have to play about this to get his points, but because he's got Brotherhood of the Dragon, his core will go up to 25%. Yes, that is true under the current system. Yeah, he might have to do a little bit of work to make it all fit. But that's like one night from the Baronites, plus lots of <laughs> points left over, right? No, I mean, it's 1125 compared to 900. If he drops a unit of Vampire Spawn or something... He's got 160 left over as well, though. So he probably only... He can probably do like two more units of zombies or something like that if he just wants the same style of core. Yeah. It's four units of 20 zombies that could essentially sit at the back and do nothing but conserve Bro. points and yeah. be themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then challenge someone to take out 40 zombies, which there are lots of things that can do, but then you've got all of the nastier stuff pushing right into your face that you've got to worry about. So yeah. I've only played VC once, so I don't have a lot of experience with the army, but this seems like a very quick list, and it's quite mobile because it's all fairly small unit sizes. Yeah. So if he knows how to use this, I can see this doing actually quite well. Yeah, he's got a lot of autonomous stuff in it. So the, the Direwolves or Vanguard, so you can get them up the field pretty quick, and then they move nine anyway. Um, the vampire spawn and the knights are all autonomous so they can go off and do stuff I imagine that the, the vampire count will actually go in the barrel guard unit instead of the vampire knights I think um, he will unless unless he doesn't face any ranged threats he might go in the vampire knights in that case yeah because that vampire yeah. knights plus the character will just be a, a horrible horrible block yeah I mean his obvious Cause... weaknesses are going to be shooting and magic missiles yeah unfortunately he's playing Monroe <laughs> yeah I mean, that could actually be a good thing, though, because a lot of Monroe's shooting is quite close range. Yes, So Monroe needs to bog him down, but, I mean, all of Tony's stuff will eat through slaves. It might take him a couple of times, but it will get there. And he's got to get closer to the shooting, so I don't know. This is tight. Unerring strike, fate's judgment on divination. That's going to be nasty for the vamps to deal with. I mean, the knights are... Are they all one-up armor, Andrew? Uh, They're one-up because he's got the blood tie, which gives him play armor. Right, but... Catapults are toxic. Yeah. So he's wounding on sixes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to shoot those with the play catapult because you do one wound if you're lucky. Yeah, because they're going to be in a line. And doing one wound to a unit that can regrow a wound very easily. If he focuses all of his shooting on one unit, do you know what I mean? I think the Giselles actually will do. Giselles are Yeah, they'll do some potentially some really painful work on the Vampire Knights. So, yeah, I I think there's definitely options there. I mean, even the um, the Vermin Demon. I mean, this is an army where the Vermin Demon can essentially run free because he's not got any ranged threats. So if the Vermin Demon gets into anything, really, bar the Vampire himself, the Vermin mm. Demon should be able to eat through them. Who do you think's got the edge? I think it's going to be tight, um, but I think Monroe's probably got the edge. I'm going to go Monroe as well. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that. Divination's a big deal. Divination is very good. Um, but then, depending on how Tony wants to play the game, because Tony can essentially shut him down and just refuse to play the game and pick targets and maybe go for a small win with the objective. Yeah, I mean, he's fast enough he can do that. Uh, so, I'd, yeah, I think it'll be tight, but yeah, I, I would say Monroe. Game so, number four? Yeah, number four is Henrik versus Tim. So Dwarven Holds versus Vampires. 
first dwarf list. Fortunately, not the last. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favourite. Okay, Ed, do you want to go through this one? I'm a big fan of this list, actually. It's very cool. As, as dwarven lists go. <laughs> um, so, Henrik has, has also named all of his... Uh, his characters and things in in quite a fitting style of uh, Henrik's sense of humor and uh, <laughs> general approach to dwarves. So the final expedition of Goldbeard Fugger with Waltonius Jokin Goldbeard Fugger. His is Thane is general with Holdstone Shield Shield Bearers. Don't see much of Shield Bearers these days, which is nice to see. A rune of might and two of shielding. Then he's got Dij and the Jan, his two dragon seekers. Uh, one of them who's geared up to just blend infantry with Grim Resolve and three runes of lightning. And then the other one is a monster seeker with quickening, smashing, and then fire. And then a runic smith, two runic smiths with three battle runes each. So there's going to be plenty of bound spells going on in this list. A rune of devouring, which will catch somebody out, I guarantee, by the end of the event. <laughs> That's not just uh, a fucking slap in the dick when someone walks out. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it, it will definitely mess with someone. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see his magic phases. 33 clan warriors with full command, shield, and banner of the relentless company, and then 30 greybeards with runic standard swiftness, so those guys are coming straight forward. 10 miners with throwing weapons, so he's got the ambush potential there. Uh, and then two units of Seekers, 20 Seekers, 15 Seekers, both with Vanguard, one with Skirmish. Uh, so he's got options for his Dragon uh, Seeker characters, which I think is very important. And then to round it out, he's got a Steam Bomber. I really like this list. It's very cool. He was mourning about having to paint so many Seekers, but it'll definitely be worth it, because oh, it's yeah. going to look really fucking awesome. Henrik's a really good painter as well, so... I think this is definitely a shout for Best Painted. Well, remember, remember it's not just Best Painted. <laughs> It's favourite army, which can be anything of the person's choosing. Okay. So, themes, models, everything. Yeah, painting, conversions, choice of models. Basically, anything that you think makes an army interesting and fun to play against, then, yeah. Okay. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, knowing Henrik's uh, that, uh, skirmish tray for his uh, Seekers, that alone is a fantastic bit okay. of kit, so... But yeah, I think I think there are a lot of people who will struggle against this list because it will come straight at you as fast as it can, and that's pretty fast. Yeah, it's yeah. a right gap in your face list. Like a lot of lists just can't handle that, and he's got a lot of wounds to get through as well. So even like shooting lists, thirty-three clan warriors, thirty graybeards, twenty seekers, fifteen seekers. It's a it's a lot to chew through. And once they get into combat, they're so difficult to shift yeah. as well. And then add all the all the bound spells. You're not going to be able to stop all of them, so yeah. it's a question of how many can you stop before some of them start going through. And the fact you can double up as well. Like I remember when I played Andy, he had a similar set where it was uh, took the same three. the anvil and the runic, yeah, and the same three, and you just double up, and he's going to get stuff through. So yeah. you've got to be really careful about what you dispel and what you let go. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I like how it's the final expedition as well. You know that that Henrik optimism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is this is this somewhat suggestive? Is he is he going to be moving on to another army after this? I think he's probably mostly just expecting that his general and potentially most of his army <laughs> will be coming home at the end of it. <laughs> God, I've never seen someone's dice like betray them so often and so harshly as Henrik's. I mean, Paul, you're up there, but yeah. 
I think Henrik probably has that title. His dice are just, they hate him so much. I've only played him once, and I felt sorry for him, looking at his <laughs> dice. So Henrik is up against the one and only Tim Botnick. So Tim's bringing Vampire Covenant. I, I think mainly because uh, Tim will be running Vampire Covenant at ETC for Team Scotland, so this will be a good opportunity to test out the list. His general is a Vampire Count. Uh, no, it's not. I'm lying. He's just got a Vampire Count. It's not the general. Um, it's a Strigoi, a Wizard Adept with Shamanism. Uh, he's got the Ghoul Lord upgrade, the Hypnotic Pendant, Touchy Greatness, uh, Potion of Swiftness, and a Halberd. He's got a Vampire Courtier, who's also Strigoi and a BSB. He is in a Wizard Apprentice with Shamanism. He's got Bestial Bulk, the Rending Banner, and a Great Weapon. And in his general is a Necromancer, who will obviously have Dead or Eyes. He's a Wizard Master, Evocation, and he's got the Talisman of the Void. For Core, again, Tim gets max points because he's got 1125. So he's got 40 ghouls for the champion, 23 zombies with a musician, and then 3 units of 2 bat swarms for nice core chaff. And for special, he's got a cadaver wagon, and then 2 units of 8 gas with a champion. And that's 4,500. I dig it. It's a cool list. Lots of magic, lots of channeling going on. Yeah, it's, it's tight. He's got that magic yeah. channel 3, which means an extra dice, which is always good. Yeah, it's very cool. Like, really good high strength, high AP characters. Good mix of shamanism and evocation. Two really good lores. Just nasty cool block. The matchup isn't brilliant against lots of seekers and seeker characters because yeah. they should really go through the ghasts. I think this ghoul block, though, because that will have um, the, the count in it, that's mm-hmm. going to be a problem for Henrik. Yeah, he doesn't have any shooting. Yeah, and he's got enough chat that he can dictate combats. The ghasts will have a very hard day, I think, <laughs> with all those things sticking about. But, I mean, with the cadaver wagon, they can be uh, 4 to choose 4+. plus. Yeah, it's nasty. Which is really, really good. And having played against, essentially, this this list, just a slightly different core setup, the ghasts are just so hard to shift, because it's so many wounds, probably with uh, regen 4+, plus, if not 5+, plus, because they, they just come with 5+. plus. It's just really hard to shift them all. Because, like all undead units, you've really got to hammer them. And you've got to concentrate fire if you want anything gone. Whether that be in shooting or combat. It's going to be hard to get points out of this list. But I don't know if it's particularly good at getting points. I mean, who do you think... Who wins the grind? I think it's probably mutual destruction. If the Henrik gets the combats he wants. Which is a big if, because I think Tim can dictate it with the swarms. Because the Seekers should go through the ghasts. But the ghouls, I think, will probably go through most things. Because uh, I think they just outgrind anything that uh, Henrik's got, especially with the, the count in there. And Henrik doesn't have killy characters, so he's not really got many ways to deal with the, the characters themselves. Yeah, I think that's true. I think Henrik's probably best hope would be to to sort of push wide, because he's got so much speed yeah. with vanguards yeah. and things. He has potential to split attentions, and I think the goal block is probably the main threat. I think Seekers versus Gasts. I think Gast lose out on that one. Yeah. If he can position his big blocks on the flanks to flank Gasts with Seekers in the front, then combat res as well. Yeah, and if, if he can close in towards the ghouls on both sides, I think that becomes dangerous, I think. But Tim, you're talking about lists versus players. Tim's a very good player. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. With Evo, I mean, he can dance macabre. It's pretty good. He can be shenanigans there, moving stuff. Repositioning stuff out with yeah, the movement. Yeah, it's got very good magic, this list. I think it essentially depends on whether Tim wants to play. Because I think Tim can probably play this in a way that he gets a small win. But if Tim wants to, you know, 
push for the big win. He has to play aggressively against an army that's already playing aggressively and running at him. Yeah. Um, Tim knows dwarves very well. He does, you yeah. Say as well, which is a massive advantage. So I think list on list, Henrik has got the up. But I think Tim, I mean, we were just talking earlier, I think Tim's the best player in terms of player skill coming to the event. So if there's anyone that can pull something out here, it's, it's going to be him. Yeah, and it is a good list in combat still. So Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So even, even say, yeah, I would agree that the dwarf list potentially can win in combat, but it's not like a given. It's it's kind of like some of the other matchups where it's, you know, if things go that way, then it, it could be a big win, but it's unlikely to be. Yeah. So, especially given Henrik's dice, that's a major factor in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. If he brings those yellow dice, he's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, the blue dice I bought him are just as bad. He was telling me. So <laughs> we're starting to think it's maybe not the dice. <laughs> okay. So, what do we think? A slight edge to the dwarves? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, this is kind of like like Ed was saying. It's a it's a duel because I think lists Henrik, but I think Tim is a very very good player. So I'll be tempted to say Tim. Okay. What are you going to go with, Ed? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere down the middle and say I think it'll be a draw or a small mm. on one side. I don't think Get out the radio! <laughs> I don't think there'll be a strong victor here. Because I think if it comes to secondary, and secondary suits one person more than the other, I think that might make the difference. I don't think Tim is going to play for the small win. I think Tim is going to go you know, push out. Because he's got nothing to lose, and I think he needs to, because it's only a one-day event, he needs to harvest points in every game. So if he wants to be up there, he needs to push. He is and also practicing playing as he would with the list at an ATC event. Uh, this so is, that's this the official true. line, Ed. He ain't going to be yeah. playing like that. But yeah, exactly. I mean, when Tim said, right, that's fine, I'll sit in the corner and I'll look around, and he was on the opponent's deployment zone. That wasn't <laughs> part of the plan either, so... It was Ed's deployment zone, wasn't it? It was yeah, Ed's deployment zone. Yes, it was. <laughs> and Ed looked just as confused as me at the time. <laughs> okay, so we'll say that's going to be a tight game. Yeah. We're not committing one way or the other. Okay, so next pair, we've got Fraser Campbell up against Brian Donlan. Yeah. So I go through Fraser's Dwarves. Yeah, go for it. That should be uh, punishment for your sins. Dwarves, right. So he's got a Dwarf King as his general. He's got shields, two runes of shielding, a rune of destruction, and two runes of might. He's got a dragon seeker with a monster seeker upgrades, rune of smashing, and rune of quickening. A runic smith, one rune of devouring, two runes of shielding, and a shield. A thane BSB, rune of iron, rune of shielding, three runes of lightning, the holdstone, and a shield. And core, he's got 30 clan warriors, spears and shields, full command. 12 clan marksmen, guild crafted handguns and shields. And a second unit of clans marksman with just shields. And special, he's got 18 deep watch with the runic standard of shielding, full command. 10 seekers with champion and skirmish plus vanguard. 15 kingsguard, a vengeance seeker. He's got a steam bomber from the clan's thunder category. For artillery, he's got a flame cannon that's rune crafted and a catapult for 4,500 points on the dot. So Fraser's been playing this list a lot. He did the sensible thing. Uh, Fraser's one of our newest additions to the Wildling family. And uh, he kind of locked in his list quite early and got lots of practice with it, which is 100% the right thing to do, I think. So I think he's had, I think, about seven or eight games with the list, which is good yeah. going into a tournament. Yeah, I've certainly played it. I think he's tweaked it slightly. I remember the King's yes, Guard being yeah. a bit bigger. Yeah, he's, he's played around with his War Machines a, a little bit as well. 
which is a yeah, you know, yeah know. that's the way you do it. I think you have your your core list, and then you kind of tweak the bits that you're not feeling. It's quite a hard list to get lots of points out of, unless you can really take out his his combat box. I mean, it's a combat army. I think maybe it suffers from the Deep Watch and the King's Guard being too small yes. to yeah. soak real combat pressure. Uh, certainly, that was my experience when I played it. So I think he needs to work quite hard to keep them out of any combats with real big combat threats. I mean, it's more kind of mixed arms, really. I mean, he's got two units of marksmen. Yeah. He's got the bomber and the cannon and the catapult. So he's still got a fair amount of points in ranged. It's slightly. I've only played Fraser once. It's slightly different to the list that I played against. But like you say, there there is decent points conservation. I mean, trying to get like points out of a, a deep watch unit can be tough. When we played each other, it, I mean, looking at the table, it, it looked like it was going my way for a lot of it, and yet it was still only a small win. So depending on the secondary, yeah, I think it can be quite hard. The flame cannon, um, yeah, I don't think Martin enjoyed playing against that. <laughs> Has Martin ever enjoyed a game, though? Do we actually have evidence um, of that? I've seen him chuckle a couple of times. <laughs> Mainly playing against me, but, you know. I totally agree with Ed. I think the biggest issue is the, the size of the units. And if he gets a bad matchup and he comes against a big killer unit that will just doesn't care what it fights, it will eat through pretty much all of them. I mean, having said that, Fraser's uh, Aegis saves for his shield wall are uh, becoming renowned for their frequency. Yeah. <laughs> the bullshit but, is becoming legendary. Uh, <laughs> certainly when I put a unit of 32 Nashers into uh, one of his uh, marksman blocks with yeah. the shields, and I did one wound by the end of it. <laughs> fucking hell. Just and fucking then, dwarf, so, it? <laughs> it was just, it was the worst. And then uh, one in the second round of combat pursued, overran into the Kingsguard unit, and then did like two wounds to them. It was just, <laughs> it was just turn after turn of armor saves and. Oh. They've got saves coming out of their ass. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I mean, one thing I think Fraser absolutely has to do is play for the secondary because he's got so much scoring, and that he can really, really play that like that. And even for stuff like flags, I mean, he's marksman. It depends on the matchup, obviously, but he's marksman. He can hold back to protect them, and it means that you're going to have to fight the combat blocks, which are all going to be close together. Yeah, the marksmen's are the, the only really units that are going to be in combat anyway, easier to take out the secondary. Yeah. Like, the Seekers against the right thing do really well. Even the King's Guard, it's a, a fairly small block, but if that's getting into the flank of things, then especially if he's got, like, the warriors in the front, yeah. then that still can be quite effective. See these um, fucking runes of lightning? Oh my god. <laughs> they are brutal. Just a few extra attacks. <laughs> Was it D3 each? Yeah, 3D3. Strength 4, AP so. 1 or 0, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, something like that, yeah. It's, Are uh, they special attacks? Maybe. If he's in a unit with a runesmith, does that get AP 1? Consider special attacks so they don't okay, get Okay, so they won. Right, okay. Uh, so the, yeah, they're strength 4, AP 1. Still, that's good. I played Fraz twice with this luster close enough. The first time he played, my big fuck-off unit of Imperial Guard with all the buffs in the world hit that deep watch unit and got stuck. Because he was, you know, he was making his saves and he was getting enough wounds with his characters. But then the second game, I hit him and I annihilated him in a turn. So I think this is where the size issue comes in. Where if that was that unit was just a bit bigger, that's a, you know, that's a really hard anvil to get rid of, especially with these uh, spear and shield dwarfs. I think Fraz quite rightly is going into the tournament thinking, you know, just steady progression. So uh, 
I think it's a good lesson. He knows it well. He's got good experience with it, and there's no reason why he can't look to be doing well. So his opponent is Brian Donlan, and he is going to be bringing Kingdom of Equitain. So, Ed, do you want to do this one? You're the Kingdom of Equitain expert. I definitely don't qualify as an expert, but sure. Did your name on the forum, Scottish Knight. You're the fucking expert. <laughs> that doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about. Um, Welcome to Market Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, a, this is a proper Equitain list. This is uh, fuck peasants and get the proper stuff on the go, which is great to see. <laughs> to be honest, that, that's been the theme fuck of peasants. most Equitain lists for the last year or more. Yeah. Um, which is it's nice to see. I think it's possibly gone too far <laughs> this way, but hey ho. Um, so, Duke on uh, Hippogriff. Yeah. An Oath Nation with Questing Oath and the Bastard Sword. Shield and Crusader Salvation, so not easily killed, and he will hurt some things. It's a little bit light on uh, Virtues, which I'm a little bit surprised about, but Paladin BSB with the Grail Oath, Shield Lance, and on a horse. Damsel, Wizard Master, Shamanism on a horse. Two times five, Knight's Aspirant. Fourteen, Knights of the Realm with the Banner of the Last Charge, so they'll be doing fourteen impact hits. That's strength four, which is very nice. Two times eight, Knights of the Grail, one of them with the Banner of Roland, which will make them not be able to be standard shot, I believe. And then three times five Yeoman Outriders for chaff with uh, throwing weapons. And they're actually pretty decent chaff. Uh, this list did it to me. You know exactly what it's going to do. It's going to look cool on the table. Very thematic. Yeah. I like it. I'm actually very happy that uh, Brian's playing Fraz as well. Because they're, uh, I think Brian's quite new as well. He's been quite active on the forum. I think he's been playing Matt quite a lot. So it'll be cool because I don't think Fraz has played Kingdom of Ectane, And I don't think Brian's played uh, Dwarves either. <laughs> So it will be. I think it will be like a game of uh, no one knows what's happening. Yeah, there'll probably be a few surprises on both sides. Just um, hearing, what the fuck is Shield Wall? What the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> Welcome, Brian. And then Fraz the like, you do how many impact hits? I think the Blessing and Shield Wall will pretty much cancel each other out yeah. here. But yeah, so I mean, this you know, it's three big lances of hard-hitting knights with Knight's Aspirant to fill in gaps, and then the Yeoman to act as chaff, and then he's got the Duke who can be running around on his own and pretty much threatening most things. I take uh, it Yeoman Outriders don't score? No, they don't. So he doesn't have to worry about giving away objectives with those units, that's good. No, so his scoring will be five, the Grail yeah. Knights, the Realms, and then the Aspirants. The Knight's Aspirants are, are fairly decent on the charge, eh? They're fine on the charge, they hit like... Yeah pretty much anyone else's knights do. They're a bit worse in the grind, and they tend to suffer from lacking discipline and various other kind of issues. But, um, I mean, for for what they do, they're, they're pretty good. I think full command might be a bit too far to go on them. Not sure I would bother with a champion and a standard on them. Yeah, I guess he's, he's made his core allowance without doing that, so... I mean, my, my my general view is don't bother with champions unless you're going to put a character in there or unless you're desperate for the charge. And Swift Strides should need champions less for charging. Shitload of armor as well. If you've not got AP, you're in trouble. Shitload of armor. If you are playing this against Vermin, you're going to have a really horrible day because <laughs> you're just going to get shot at a whole lot. All the AP in the world. All the AP in the world is right. So what do we think, guys? I'm going to give it to France. Okay. Why? Because reasons. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that pro insight, Paul. It's always appreciated. 
I think with these kind of cav armies, they're kind of all or nothing. Yeah. And I think with the dwarves, they're a little bit safer and that they can be hard to get points out of and they'll grind well. Whereas depending on what he's putting the knights into and if he's, he's if he's focusing out a unit and he's putting two and three knight buses into one thing, then if he's not wiping them out, then that sounds like bullshit dice. But if he's not doing that, then I think there's potential that things get bogged down and then things can start going badly for a fully mounted list. If Raz can get things in it, the fine can start grinding them out. But I don't know. I mean, we've never seen Brian play. Yeah. If he knows how to use the list and he picks his targets well, then it still could do quite well against dwarves. Yeah. I think it'll still be a close game. And like you say, they're probably fairly balanced on experience. Okay. Ed, what do you think? I think the Knights should have this game. I don't know if they will, but I think they should have it. I think if two of the Knight bosses, any two, go into either of the combat blocks, I think they'll pretty much disappear. Banner of Blast Charge kicks out a lot of impact hits that will bypass Shield Wall. So if he can keep that unit intact before it gets into combat. The only thing is, I don't think anything deals well with Seekers. Although... Seeker's hit There's back is only, a, yeah. it's only AP1, right? Yeah. I mean, if he just strands them out in a line in front and just says, go and charge them. Yeah. I think, to be honest, I think he has to run the Knights of the Realm into them, potentially. Yeah, and use the impact, the impact hits, yeah. And then do enough attacks with Lancers to probably take the unit out. But the character will cause pain. It, it's a concern, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the ability of the, the Knights to pick their fights, and I think Shamanism is well suited to limiting ranged threats. Yeah. And basically you throw Totemic Summon every time at the beginning of the phase. Either they let it go and have a totem, Totemic Beast running around at the back of their lines and getting into small units and, and yeah. war machines, or you let them have free reign with Chilling Howl and Swarm of Insects and various other things. I think this is where the, the unit size comes in. Because I, I agree with you, Ed. I think that really the night bosses hit any of the units, they should be looking to kill them, uh, particularly if two of them get in the same target. So I think on paper this goes to KOE, but I think it's going to be tight. Cool. Next matchup. So we've got Michael versus Danny. So Empire of Sunstall versus Auction Goblins. Do you want to take the Empire list, Andrew? Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> So, Michael, a.k.a. Militia Captain, um, has decided to bring something very different and subvert, what is it he always says? Subvert opinions? Sub- expectations. Expectations. I think he's done that successfully, going for a knight-heavy empire list. So, his general is a knight commander with a shield. He's obviously mounted. Uh, he's got the Light of the Sawnstall and the Witchfire Guard. He's got a marshal and BSB on a horse with shield, death warrant, and the obsidian rock. He's got a prelate uh, who's mounted plate armor shield. He's got the dusk forge upgrade on his shield. He's got the lock of Suna and the hammer of witches, which is a really nice combo. He's got a foot prelate with plate armor shield and the basalt infusion. And he's got a wizard wizard master pyromancy uh, on a horse with light armor and the magical heirloom. For core, he gets minus points because he spent fourteen hundred points on core. Michael, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's conservative for Michael. Fucking hell. So for Core, he's got 15 Electoral Cav who have been upgraded to Knightly Orders, Full Command, Lance Shield, and Stalker Standard, which is nice. He's got 9 Electoral Cav with Full Command, Lance Shield, Banner Discipline. He's got 10 State Militia because it's still Michael, he's got to have the Militia in there. <laughs> for Auxiliaries, he's got 2 units of 5 Writer with Bracey Pistol, Heavy Armour. 
And then for Suno's Fury, he's got 29 Flagellants, a Champion, and he's got this Steam Tank. I like this list. Okay. I think this is a fun Sunstar list that shows that you don't have to be bringing the basic combat blocks and giving out your orders and all the things that make the army strong. (laughs) (laughs) I read this list and I was of the feeling like Ed that I thought a fully mounted empire list. That's very cool. Totally not expected. Michael generally likes to run either lots of min-sized units or really big units. So this was completely different. I can feel the hate, Andrew. Do you want to like... Uh... No, no, I'm, I'm just giving Michael <laughs> a hard time because it's Michael. There was two lists very similar to this. One won a tournament in Germany, and then the other did well in a tournament in Spain, I think. Um, and they were very similar to this. Walk us through it, Andrew. So he's obviously got a ton of points in characters, right? So where is it? where are the characters going? But I mean, none of the characters are that expensive. So yeah. he's, he's most expensive is his Knight Commander, who's 400 points. But that Knight Commander is... Is nice. He gets work done. So he's got the Sawnstall, which just rolls to hit, and then it's AP10 automatic wounds. The Witchfire Guard is a really nice item, which we've not seen a lot of, but I think it's just because it's hard to fit that in. And the Witchfire Guard is basically an, uh, an upgrade for his shield, which gives him a 4-up against magical attacks. So basically, I mean, most characters in the game will have magical weapons, so it means that your Knight Commander, if he's fighting in a duel, is just rolling to hit, and he's got 1-up, 4-up. It's very tasty. So I imagine... And by imagine, I mean I'm almost certain that the Knight Commander and the Mounted Prelate and probably the Marshal BSB as well will all go in the big Electoral Cav unit to bulk that out. Because the, sorry, the big Knightly Order unit. Um, and that makes it pretty killy because if you've got the Marshal there, they can fight in three ranks because they become a primary unit. So they pump out a lot in the charge. The small Electoral Cav unit, I'm not sure what he's going to do with that. Maybe just to house the wizard, um, which is probably a good bet because then they're nine re-rollable with the banner discipline. Uh, one-up armor, you know, it's hard to get through. If it gets into combat, it's absolutely fucked, but um, <laughs> it's going to be hard to shoot off. Militia, I think he's just done that to troll us. <laughs> <laughs> the writer are good. I mean, writer, I think the best light cavalry in the game. The flagellants, this is the issue with the list. It's got flagellants and steam tank, which aren't fast, and the rest of the list is fast. So there's a risk they don't coordinate well together. But, you know, they're unbreakable units that are hard to get rid of. So that's, you know, it's a good thing to have in the pocket. So is that the logic? You kind of use these to set up countercharges with your mounted stuff? Um, not even countercharges. You just throw it in stuff that you don't want to fight. Um, and then the steam tank's still got the cannon, which a lot of people, especially like monster armies, will just, they think, oh, it's only the steam cannon. I mean, it's still strength seven. So it's still good at killing monsters. And the tank itself is a beast. Um, I'm really pleased with actually the new design after being the one who was really critical of it when it first came out. I think it's really good now. It's very reliable. So, um, the issue is is that you've got a lot of eggs in that Knightly Order basket, and I've played the Knightly Order Death Star when it was better, and uh, even it flumps, even with the prelate. And it's certainly got stuff that it just can't deal with, like big blocks, because it needs to do a lot of damage on the charge. If it gets charged, it's fucked. If it charges and it doesn't do enough damage, it's fucked. But it's so mobile that it can choose targets, and Stalker Standard is awesome for that. You can just sit in a rune and wait. So, I mean, it's a cool list. It's very cool that he's gone for all mounted. It's very cool that it's something completely different, and I think he'll have fun playing with it. I think the, the the big issue for it, though, is that he's got no experience with this kind of list, and I don't think this is a particularly easy list to play, but I think he'll have a lot of fun playing it. If those three characters are going into that unit, with the bonuses they're giving up, that's like 2,400 points. Yes, it is. If that gets singled out, that's game over. I mean, this is the issue that why wouldn't you single out that unit? 
because it's really the only fast threat. Yeah, like you say, the the nine man electro cav. All right, they're one up armor, but they're not very killy. No, I mean they're very good scoring because one up armor mobile scoring that isn't going to yeah. run away or it shouldn't run away with the banner discipline. Still strength six on the charge, right? No, strength five because they're only strength five. yeah. The knightly orders are strength. They're six. strength six, yeah. That can definitely hit stuff and do work. You've got the prelate in there, which is giving them hatred, and then you get the orders. So, you know, it can mow through units. Are they movement seven base? Movement seven, yeah. Okay, so with the order, it can go up to eight? Yes. It's pretty good. And, like you say, stalkers, so... And then if he's got flaming attacks, going after monsters and stuff, it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, I like it thematically, but I think against certain dedicated close combat armies, it'll struggle. Yeah. The writers are really good. For what they can do, like 195 points, yeah. it's like bargain. And the tank is a complete fucking bollock to deal with. Even the flagellants, putting them to something to soften it up, they're not going to go anywhere. Yep. He's almost got to pick a target with the, the night bus and smash through it and get behind his opponent. And he's got to either pick a weak target for the other unit or skirt them around the place. If that unit gets caught, it's game over. But I think it's going to look very cool. I think it'll be a lot of fun to play, whether it wins or not. I mean, that's why I played the Night Lords for so long, because they're just a fun unit. But I think it'll be a, a culture shock for Michael, because he's not really played anything like this. But it should be very fun to play. So, moving on to his opponent. He's playing Danny. This looks like an Ed list. And <laughs> it's called Orcs and Goblins. Yeah, but this is... I think there's one Orc in the list. <laughs> and that's an Overseer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a full Goblet list, which is it's just nice. I'm a big fan of these. I used to run them a lot of the time. So, so yeah, he's got his Cave Goblin BSB. He's got two chiefs on Cave Nashers. Then he's got his general on a Cave Nasher with Death Cheaters. So he'll be something like two up, four up with Regen. He's got two, yeah, he's got two Adepts, Pyro and Witchcraft, which is a pretty good combination with this list. Then for Core, he's got 46 Cave Goblins with Madkit, one Madkit, then three units of 23 Goblins with one Madkit with bows on the smaller units. He's got one Nasher Wrecking Team. He's got uh, six Cave Trolls. Be interesting. I haven't seen Trolls for a while. He's got a Gargantula with a Web Launcher. He's got two Giants, one with a Giant Club. And he has Death from Above. He's got a Git Launcher with an Overseer and two Skewers. So totally ruining the aesthetic with the Overseer. He really <laughs> left that at home. <laughs> he's, he's very yeah. They're too good not to take. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a very mixed arms army. He's got a decent amount of small arms fire. He's got the artillery. He's got a few monsters. Uh, he's got a ton of cheap characters. It's actually quite good points conservation that way because they're so mobile as well because they're all on the Nashers. Yeah. Yeah. Good chaff. One hundred forty-five points. Yeah, definitely. Uh, certain certain lists with magic will take those off very easily, which is a weakness. But generally speaking, it will be it'll be hard to get significant points out of it because if you're going to do that, you have to kill everything very quickly, yeah. and there are a lot of bodies out there to just grind your way through. He's only got one wrecking team. That's sad. He he does only have one wrecking team. I think there's that's true of quite a lot of this list. Like there's only one catapult. Usually you would double up on those to to get full effect. I don't think he's maxed out any of his categories. Basically, I like the the two giants with the spider. That's, yeah, that's cool. cool. It's quite similar to the the list Danny run at siege. Same kind of idea. Yeah, and I I mentioned to him at the time that I was surprised that he was running his general quite so exposed. 
especially when if his general dies, those trolls become next to useless. Yeah. But he he, he didn't seem to have any <laughs> concerns about it, so he's gone for the same one again. So I promise you. To... See, when I got that king down to one wound, he shot a brick. <laughs> 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 Everything pulled back. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very cool. He gets bonus points for just bringing a very cool list. Yeah, he's a good painter as well. Yeah, so look nice. lovely. Okay, let's get critical. What do we think? I don't think... I mean, the writers can potentially take the wrecking team, which removes that as a consideration. It's not a great trade-off, but yeah. No, no, I don't mean running into it. I mean shooting. Uh, I think they'll struggle to take off in one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think his knight commander will make a real mess of monsters. Mm-hmm. So combined with the charge from a cavalry unit, I think even the gargantula eight wounds won't stand up to that. Yeah. So I think if Michael plays this right... If he picks the charges that he wants, he will cause all sorts of a mess into units. He has to avoid front-charging the cave goblin units because yeah. his knight units aren't large enough to take the 2d6 hits. But if he can draw those out or if he can get overruns into the cave goblin units, they will fold. And I think Michael has the potential to win this one fairly well if, he, if it goes well for him. Yeah, I think Michael is going to have to be so disciplined playing this game. Um, I mean, he's got Pyro, so the, is it Immolation? Or Enveloping Ember is the one where every model gets hit. He needs to be looking to cast that every single turn first to draw dice, because none of the Goblin units want that. You know, yeah. you're essentially killing half the unit. And that's when you start getting them down to those levels, that's when they start becoming manageable for the Knights. You still don't want maggots in your uh, face, but um, yeah. I but, think Scorching Salvo is a massive concern for yeah. this list. Yeah, uh, but then again, Danny's got Skewers and the the get launchers which love killing knights. Yeah, they'll definitely take off a few each turn, so he needs to get into combat quick in order to conserve yeah. as many of the guys as possible. And like we were saying, I think he needs to choose a hole, punch through it, and then swing round behind the back lines. But yeah. I think Danny could probably deploy in such a way that's going to be hard for him. I agree with Ed that I think that if Michael plays this right, he could potentially win. The giants getting into the smaller unit of knights could do pretty well. Yeah, because giant clubs strength six AP three. Uh, strength 7 for Orcs and Goblins. That's pretty good. I mean, when you're Toughness 3, it doesn't really matter, but <laughs> AP4 is nice. Or makes a difference, though. Yeah, it makes a yeah. big difference. And the Trolls, they do the vomit thing, so against the Steam Tank, that's not ideal. When I, I played Danny, my Steam Tank held the Trolls and a big brick of Goblins for the entire game. He wasn't using the vomit on the Trolls? He started off using it. Oh, did he? First couple of rounds, yeah, and then he changed because he wasn't getting success. He definitely shouldn't have changed because <laughs> the bypassing armor is huge. Uh, yeah. You've got one up armor, and your alternative is uh, AP two, because ultimately six trolls should do do two woods a turn on the steam tank. Yeah. What's the AP on the scooter? Ten. No armor. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely got counters to the high armor in in Michael's list. Yeah. And he's got good chaff and witchcraft to fuck with movement, which for a mounted list isn't ideal. Because that's I what he's going to be relying on. I don't think he's got best of tools to deal with the flagellants, but he'll probably need to put all the bow fire and things into the flagellants. I guess he's got a catapult. He does have yeah, the web launcher it can be pretty good. I think it, I think Michael needs to get forward fast and he needs to put pressure on the list, split attention and draw fire. Yeah. Okay, right. Nudges, who do we think? Paul? I'll go to the gobbles. Gobbles. Ed. I'm not sure. I think Michael should have a decent shot at it, but he'll need to play it quite well, so yeah, I'll 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 give it to Michael. Go on, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Gobbles, because I think Danny's got the tools to deal with. So, Orc and Gobbles? 
Okay, moving on. We have Martin and someone else taking on James and the Ogre Cats. Um, so Martin, aka the Salt Miner himself, has a dryad ancient as his general, Wizard of Death, Druidism with the Toxic Spores, which is awesome for 290 points. He's got another dryad ancient, Wizard of Death, Divination with this Scarred Bark for 305 points, which is also a bargain. He's got a Thicket Shepherd BSB with the Tangling Vines. He's got a Druidism Master with Shamanism. For core, he's got 22 Dryads with a champion, and another unit of 23 Dryads with a champion. He's got 10 Sylvan Archers. For special, he has two Forest Eagles, separate units, a unit of 5 Kestrel Knights with the hard target and shield upgrade, a unit of 4 Thicket Beasts with a champion, and then for Unseen Arrows, he's got a unit of 9 Pathfinders, a unit of 9 Sylvan Sentinels, and a unit of 8 Sylvan Sentinels. I like this list. Have you played this? I have played this. Well, I played something very similar to it. He's changed. Uh, he used to have a unit of Wild Huntsman. He's changed them out for the Thicket Beast unit. Okay. And he had a Foot BSB, which he's changed out for the, the Shepherd. Yeah, which I think are good changes. I agree. I think both of them are stronger for relatively the same points, because I think everything else is about the same. He's got, actually, the Kestrel Knights are bigger. It was a four-man unit, I think, when he played me. It's a chunky unit now. He's obviously been watching Mel. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very Mel list. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it I think it can conserve points really well. Uh and I think against some armies it can chase quite a significant win as well. Yeah. Those dryad units are no joke. <laughs> Do the ancients within their those units, are they giving them a buff? Yeah, so the Toxic Spores gives the unit lethal strike and the yeah. Scarred Bark gives them hatred. Do they give them anything just for being in the unit though? Not oh. as a base, I don't think. Right, okay. But hatred and lethal strike. Is sexy, sexy sauce. Yeah, he's got good magic as well between Druidism and Divination. Yep. I like those. Yeah, he's got the Master as well. He's got all the magic in this. All the magic. I really like the list. Uh, I think he's, his core could probably be a wee bit tighter. I'd probably just go for one big fuck off unit of Dryads and then little units of Dryads for scorers. I don't know. I think two Dryads can be very good. I think you can go too big on Dryads. Would you separate those characters though? They're probably both going to go in one of the units. Yeah, I think I think they probably do go in one of the units, but I think Dryads on their own can, can handle themselves pretty well. I don't know if this 10 Sylvan Archers really add anything. You could maybe take them out and buff up the Dryad numbers. Yeah. Yeah, he's already got three units of Elite Archers. They're the ones that are probably going to be doing the main work. Yeah. I mean, potentially he wanted that for another scoring unit of the Thicket yeah. score, so he did at least have three. Yeah. If you can't deal with the Kestro Knights, you're in trouble. That's true. They're so mobile and yeah. they hit pretty well. And he's gone for two units of Sentinels, Sentinels over two units of Pathfinders, which actually in this list I think is a good idea because it gives them a nice anti-monster element, the way the Pathfinders don't. Think Pathfinders all. more AP based and the Sylvans are poison. Yeah. yeah. And he's still got nine Pathfinders at the end of the day, so stuff like Michael's Knight units. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, He's hitting on them like twos because it's fucking stupid. And then <laughs> he's winning them on fours AP3. That's going to kill armoured stuff. Running on threes in close range. Running on threes, yeah. I really like the list. Yep. I think it's tight. I think it's a good list. Yeah. Okay. He's playing against... James. James, yeah. So James has Orcans. He's bringing a Wild Heart themed list. So his general's a Mammoth Hunter with the Hunting Spear. Uh, he has a Lance on a Tusker with Death Cheater. He's got a second Mammoth Hunter who's the BSB. He's on foot with the Iron Fist, Hunting Spear, Troll Eater, Big Name, and the Yeti Furs. He's got a Shaman, Iron Fist, Light Armor. He's an Adept with the Magical Heirloom 
and the Talisman of Shielding. In core, he's got some scraplings with bows. He's got a big bus of tribesmen with Iron Fist's champ musician standard bearer and the skull banner. I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Fuck <laughs> knows what that is. Kinget. Kinget. Say that again, Ed? Kinget. Kinget. Cool. Skull of Kinget. Ask James how to pronounce it when you see him. <laughs> oh, yeah, James will know. <laughs> Two units of Sabre Tigers for Chaff. He's got four Tusker Cav with paired weapons, standard bearer. Uh, they have the banner of. Go on, Ed. Uh, uh, banner of the Gienget. So basically the same similar. thing as the other one. <laughs> oh, Kinget. Go get a linguist on this show. Main page linguist. He's got a unit of two Yetis. He's got Scrapple. He's got a Frost Mammoth with the Overcrossbow and two Slave Giants with Giant Clubs. And that's the list. Exactly 4,500 points. Right, Paul. As our resident can. Resident can, who's yet to play a game of Ogre Cans. <laughs> I didn't say you were a good can, I just said you were the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's very straightforward. Gribblies, Cav, Big Boss. I mean, that's pretty much the threats in the list. He's, I really like Yetis, but he's only bringing a unit two, so they're basically just anti-chaff. I guess the Mammoth Hunter on foot, he's probably going to have to go in the Yetis, so maybe that's just to kind of shepherd him about. The uh, Hunting Spears are really good against monsters. Um, hitting on twos is kind of bananas for ogres. Surprised he doesn't have the wrestling belt. Because that gives them like plus one. So good. <laughs> yeah, plus one strength on the model, so it actually affects the spear as well. So you're like winding monsters on like something stupid like threes or something like that. It's really good. It's not too dissimilar from the list I think he had at Siege. He had the Tusker Hero and he had the the Mammoth. He doesn't have the Rocker Rock anymore, but I guess that's partly because it's taken a bit of a hit. It's not as good as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Just basically just coming up in your face and want to kill stuff. Yeah. Shamanism is really good for the list. He's only an adept though, so he's not getting um, Break the Spirit or Totemic Summon, but the Frost Mammoth comes with Chilling Hill, so you'll have that as a bounce spell. That's very which, nice. Which is pretty good. And then being able to like buff toughness even more than what he already has, and having Swarm for anti-chaff is pretty good as well. The Ogre Hereditary is pretty good for them as well. It's, yeah. really, it's really good on the Shaman. It's really good. You can actually get Potentially, you can get like a Resilience 8 Shaman. Because he's 5 base. If you cast Awakened Beast and plus his toughness, but then we get the Heirloom off, or the Hereditary. He's got no armor, but like trying to win the bugger is impossible. Cool. Pretty straightforward list. I like it. Tuskers mm. are going to hit like a fucking brick on the charge as well. Yeah, and Resilience 5 on them makes them quite difficult to shoot down. Especially if he's got Chilling Hill up. Yeah. He's got so many threats for Martin to deal with. And Martin doesn't have excellent ways of dealing with them all. I mean, the Sentinels are good, but he's still relying on rolling sixes for his poison. If he scrapple, yeah. gets a lucky hit on the Pathfinder unit or the Sentinel units. Yeah, I forgot he's got the scrapple as well. So that's yeah. got swift strides, and it's effectively a chariot as well, right? So it's doing yeah, impact it's, hits as well. It's no joke. No joke. I think I think the scrapple struggle to hit the Pathfinders though. I think you fire at it just because what else are you going to shoot at, and if it works. You get massive payoff. Yeah, potentially. What do we think then? Ed, let's start with you. I think the Dryads have got a pretty decent run of things as well, though. So I don't think it's a one-sided battle. And it's not a full-on monster list. So there's not the max monsters that could cause major havoc for Martin. So I think small win for Ogres. I think Martin can conserve a lot of points if he wants to. 
and if he gets lucky with some shooting, he could definitely take off some monsters or he could take off some characters. And those are quite expensive, so yeah. I think that starts to rack up quite quickly. Yeah. Oh. I think it'll be a small win either way. I think it's going to be quite close because it's kind of dependent on what Martin shooting does. If it, if the shooting isn't making a difference, then I think he's in trouble. He does have good magic though. Like the, the combination of druidism and shamanism is very good, and potentially being able to buff his units up to basically take the high strength attacks can help him weather a couple of rounds of combat. But I think if he's not doing the damage from range and James gets into him, I think James wins. I think like Ed was saying, I think the dryad unit with both the characters in it can essentially fight anything in James's list. What agility are the dryads? Five. Five, yeah. They're fast then. So around the mammoth, they're going, they're going second. They're not fast enough to the point that they can offset that. What's the mammoth? Minus three agility within an aura of six. On the charge, they still go first. If the ogres charge him and, they, and the mammoth's nearby... No, 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 if the, if the dryads charge. Is he going to be super aggressive with the dryads if he's got the ogres coming to him? It, but it doesn't have to be super aggressive, but if he sets up charges or counter charges, then... Yeah, I think... I agree, I think it's going to be tight. I think James has just got so many threats, like the giants can go off individually, uh, and the mammoth can be used offensively if he needs. His characters, like the Tusker guy can just go off, the Tusker units, he's got the, the big block, and then he's going to have the Yeti unit. It's just, there's a lot of threats to deal with, and none of them are like, I will shoot that for one turn and take it off. So... I, I think that James has the nod, but you know all it takes is that little spike early on. It's like uh, one of the other games we were talking about. I think if Martin can just get that little bit of luck early with phases, then he can start dictating the flow of the game a wee bit more, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the dryads in reserve. But I think on paper, I would have to say James. So slight nudge for the Yogurts, but still a pretty tight game. Penultimate match. Andrew and his dwarves versus Ed and his orc and goblins. Orcs and goblins this time, not just goblins. Yeah. Right, do you want me to take the dwarf hit, since you guys have both done it, and then, Ed, you can run us through yours? No, let someone else do my list. It's more fun for someone else to look at it. <laughs> you, do, you do the dwarves, and I'll do the I'll goblins. Do, okay, okay I'll, do the, I'll do the dwarves. I'll do those. Okay, so Andy has gone for King on Shield Bearers, with a great weapon, Rune of Iron, three runes of shielding, hard to kill as always. Thane, BSB, with a holdstone, shield, two runes of iron, and a rune of shielding. He's got Runic Smith with three battle runes, Rune of Devouring, uh, Rune of Shielding, so lots of anti-magic, and Bill of Power, so he's going to have six battle runes in total. Then he's got Dragon Seeker with Monster Seeker, Paired Weapons, Rune of Might, Quickening, and Returning, so he can throw those things. He's got Engineer with Guildcrafted Handgun and a Shield. Then his core is 30 Clan Warriors with Spears and Shields, 11 Clan Marksmen with Shields and Guildcrafted Handguns, and 15 Greybeards. Then in special, he's got 17 Deep Watch, Full Command, the Aether Icon. Does that still give you plus one to dispel? Is that how it works? It's magic resistance now. Yeah, it's magic, oh, it's resistance. magic resistance now. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's plus one, isn't it? So that's effectively plus two against dwarves? I think it'd be MR2 against dwarves, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. 11 Seekers with Skirmish and Vanguard, which will make them interesting. Grudge Buster, a Vengeance Seeker... And then in Engine Support, he's got a Runecrafted Orcan Gun, but only the one. Fairly classic mixed arms with a tendency towards combat, uh, with Dwarven Magic now being entirely focused on buffing rather than uh, causing direct damage. Limited shooting. He's got an Engineer to entrench his Orcan Gun, but ultimately it's the, the one more machine. 
and the rest of his list kind of wants to get into combat apart yeah. from the marksman. So good to see from my perspective because I'm not having to run at a defensive dwarven army. <laughs> okay, so before we say any more, we should probably run through your list. Do you want to run through it, Ed? Show me to run through it. <laughs> oh, go for it. Enjoy. You sure? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. shit! You've got names. <laughs> okay, Edward Murdoch, Orson Gullwins. <laughs> Uh, so Ed's general is Smiling Smick, the smasher of small holdings. Fucking nailed it. Uh, orc warlord, general uh, Iron Orc. He's obviously got war cry. He's on top of a wyvern. That's right, a wyvern. He's got a shield. Uh, Omen of the Apocalypse. Talisman shield and dragonfire gem. Potion of swiftness. Very killy. He's also got Nego, the necrophilimancer. Almost nailed that one. Uh, Goblin Witch Doctor. Forest Goblin Witchcraft. Wizard Master. He's on a Gargantula. This Gargantula has the Spider Mother Shrine, which is very nice. Neggle himself has the Skull Fetish, Binding Scroll, and Lucky Charm. For core, uh, it's got the Green Blenders, who are aptly named because they are 32 Orc Edbasher Ferals, uh, with paired weapons, Musician Standard, and the Green Tide Banner for that sweet, sweet fight next rank. He's got the High Road, which is five Orc Boar Riders, who are Feral Orcs, Musician Paired Weapons, and he's also got the Low Road, who are the exact same. He's got four higher. Buildings broken cheap with uh, grammatical errors and spelling errors in that. Customary of Goblins, uh, which is a Nasher Wrecking Team. He's got Trog, the mad troll get, who's also a Nasher Wrecking Team. He's got the Angry Skittles, which is a 32 strong Nasher herd. He's got the Killer Frogs of Care Ban- Banog, which is a <laughs> 32 Nasher herd. Uh, and he's got Dwayne, the Great Green Idol, who's also a BSB. <laughs> no biggie. Uh, and that's 4498. I've only realised the, uh, the Kieran Barnard uh, reference. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So good. I like my references. I don't get that. You don't get it? Kieran Barnard? Killer Rabbit of Kieran Barnard? Ah, of course. So is. You've got to say it in the over the top Scottish accent for it to read. <laughs> <laughs> home. Tim the Enchanter style. <laughs> I, I might have to make Tim say that line. See, it's what all fun and games teeth? until someone throws the hand grenade of Antioch at them. That's <laughs> uh, That's the Dude, that's what you should have called the other wrecking team. Uh, <laughs> I like my names. It's very cool, Ed. Uh, this is my favourite list. It's the silliest list I've run for a long time. No, Dude, it's see, not that silly. No, In yeah. combat, it's not silly See, at all. See, your it, fluff bullshit doesn't work here, mate. We see through it. <laughs> <laughs> In combat, it's not silly, but... It's missing some fairly substantial components for a, an all-round army. It's not meant to be all-round, though, is it? Nope, it's not meant to be all-round. <laughs> it's meant to be silly and killy. Yeah, I really like it. I think that... I mean, it obviously just does the one thing, but it does that one thing very, very well. All your natural negatives, like something like my list, I still struggle against it because we found out in the warm-up game I can you know, deal with the monsters, but then you've got three big blocks and they're hard to shift. Yeah, and I think if I keep that in mind against less favourable matchups, I'll do all right in those games. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully I, I'm aiming to find decent matchups and, and really go heavily on them. Yeah. Uh, to offset the the game that I might get where I have to take a <laughs> I have to play a me small loss. <laughs> yeah. To, no, if I have to take a small loss or a draw at some point in order to, to you know to not get absolutely humped, then I need to win big on the other games yeah. in order to have that trade-off. Yeah, I think this is definitely podium potential. I think, I mean, like you say, a lot of that will come down to matchups. I don't know if this matchup is 
particularly good, but I don't think it's particularly bad either. And I think if you get the right matchups, you can be pushing for 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, you know, big scores, 20s. And I think if you, you know, you get one or two of them, that's, it's going to be hard for the, uh, the other guys to catch up. So I think this has real podium potential. But it can all fall apart as well. It so. can, yeah. But I think there's not a huge amount of lists coming which have the tools to really screw you. Your your list is probably the worst yeah. list from me, my perspective to play. So yeah. fortunately, I didn't draw you for a turn one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Round two. So you're obviously playing Andy. What do you think looking at that matchup? If his organ gun rolls out of the box, and if I can't stop it, or if he gets his dragon seeker into the wrong thing for me, that would be bad. The rest of the list doesn't worry me too much, and there's overconfidence uh, speaking. But I think I don't really have much in the way of soft targets. The softest thing I have are the uh, feral orc boar boys, and they can pretty much stay wherever they want. So. I think if I'm able to neutralize the organ gun through magic, which would be a hope with witchcraft, the rest I can take and I can push forward. Right. Oh. I've played Ed's list. I didn't like it. <laughs> so I'm going to go orcs and goblins. <laughs> okay. Just the, the damage that the monsters can... If they like team up on one thing, they can pump out a world of hurt. And I don't think there's much in the game that can stand up to that. And like you say, I don't think apart from that Seeker guy and the and the artillery piece. I don't think there's much else you have to worry about, really, for your list. I'm going to say orcs and goblins. Yeah, I would say orcs and goblins too. I don't think. I mean, see, I've, I've got to be really careful here because I've written Andy off twice and both times he's done <laughs> well. Andy just he knows the dwarf book so well. Shed loads of experience with it. On paper, I think Ed. I don't really see much that really gives you issues. I mean, I think the orc and gun has to get pretty lucky to do lots of damage. I think if he had two runecrafted organ guns, this is a completely different game. Yeah. But he's only got the one, so he's kind of limited. Uh, I don't think any of the blocks are big enough or killing enough to smash through your ferals. I think you would take the trade-off, putting the Nashers in, because they'll give as good as they get. And, you know, Ed's list is very good at scoring as well, because you've got all the stuff that doesn't run away. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, that bad urge, because you're looking at Ed's list and you're like, I've got to kill the monsters and the big blocks. But at some point, you need to deal with those mobile scorers because they're the ones that actually could tilt the game either way if it's tight. You always feel like it's a waste shooting at a poor boy unit when you've got a gargantula running at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if, if something big dies, uh, it's a massive amount of points. Yes. So it is always a concern. Very swingy, if, yeah. Like, against uh, Fraz when I played his list, I probably had a 20 but he got his uh, dragon secret into the gargantula, killed it, and then almost killed my general as well. I mean, your gargantula loans a thousand points, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a massive swing if you can get it, and it's really unfortunate when he gets cannon turned two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It wasn't the cannon that killed him. <laughs> Damn straight, it wasn't. Go, go, Rangers. <laughs> I think this is this is your game. I think you just got to push at him and. Unless Andy gets lucky, I don't think he's got super ways to deal with you. But having said that, Andy will now win the tournament and make you yes. look like a fucking idiot. Exactly. So that, that is definitely. I am sorry, and Ed. I have to, I, most of all, I have to refrain from doing stupid things because 
that will be my downfall no matter what happens anywhere else on the table. I will do something that is too reckless or too dumb and will cost me games. So Yeah, I think this goes back to our discussion that we had in the playstyle one. I think you're an actually aggressive player and I think this list suits it. So I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be going in and getting big scores unless you play against me. In which case I might hide behind a hill and get a 10-10. <laughs> I ain't giving you a 10, boy. <laughs> Depends what the secondary is. Oh, true, true, true. I've been screwed by that one before. Cool. Yeah, so Paul, you saying you saying Ed? Yeah. Yeah, I would say Ed as well. Okay, final matchup. So we've got Guillermo versus yours truly, Andrew, of Mad Get Radio fame. So, Spanish Stallion, a.k.a. Guillermo Bardera, Spinning Vermin Swarm. Characters, he's got a chief, who's his BSB. He's got light armor, shield. He's got the scepter of Vermin Valor. His general is a magister, wizard master with witchcraft. He has light armor, three dark shards, the heirloom, putrid protection, and the doom bell. In core, he's got a unit of 26 riot arms, full command with spears. He's got another unit of 26 riot arms, full command with spears. And 31 vermin guard, full command, and the banner of the endless swarm. He has two meat grinders in special. And two units of four Vermin Hulks with Thunderhawk upgrade and Naphtha launchers. He has two units of Gazelles, four rat sized units. He's got two play catapults and two globe launchers. And that is the Vermins. That is the Vermins. He is going up against Andrew's Empire. Yeah. So what do we think of Guillermo's list, Justin? Somewhat similar to Monroe's. It is, yeah. In the shooting section, he's the difference is he's got the meat grinders, but he doesn't have as many bodies, and he's obviously lacking the demon. So shooting-wise, he should be pretty strong. I mean, is he going to be as aggressive with the infantry with this as Monroe? Because he doesn't have the bodies to soak up the damage. I don't know, when you see what the meat grinder can do in combat. Yeah, the meat grinders are insane. They just grind. Yeah, they're really, really painful. Do they do impacts as well? No, just grind. Just grinds, right, okay. Yeah. I don't think his core is very good, but I think the rest of it is cool. Yeah, I think his issue is the, the bodies. I don't think he's got enough bodies in his, uh, his blocks. I think this plays a little bit differently to Monroe's. I think this sits back more. I think yep. it needs to partly, but also I think it can. I think with Nap the Throwers and play Catapults, he can invite people onto him. This actually might be a list that I've worry about playing more than you, Andrew, just because of the sheer number of damage to infantry models. Yeah. So and put it might, a bigger threat to your blocks, isn't he? Yeah, it might just end up with me pushing at monsters at him with my blocks behind rather than the other way around. Yeah, I think this is almost like a flip where I think he can deal with your uh, blocks very well, but I think he maybe struggles against the monsters a wee bit. Yeah, so I think it'll be an interesting list to see it in action. Yeah, okay. Do you want me to quickly run through mine? Sure. So this is um, the fun line from Empire Monsters. <laughs> it makes everyone happy when they play it. I've heard this said by someone. <laughs> um, it also happens to be my ETC list, <laughs> which screams this is fun to play against. Uh, so I'm obviously bringing Empire Monsters. My general is Prelate. He's got plate armor, great weapon, Imperial Seal, and the Lock of Suna, because don't leave home without it. I've got a Marshal BSB, who's a great tactician. He's smart in that. He's got Shield, Black Steel, and Death Warrant. I've got Chicken Lord on a Great Griffin, who's also a Marshal. Uh, he has a Shield, Ghostly Guard, Winter's Cloak, and Hero's Heart. 
I've got a Wizard Master with Essence of Free Mind, Talisman of the Void, and he will be on Pyro and Alchemy. For Core, I get bonus points because 1125. I've got 20 Heavy Infantry, Musician Halberds. I've got two units of 15 crossbows with musicians. I've got a unit of 15 handguns with musician. I've got a unit of 10 handguns. I've got a unit of 10 state militia. For special, I've got 34 of the finest Imperial Guard the Empire has to offer, with full command, great weapons, and the banner of unity. I've got two units of five Imperial Rangers. And then for artillery, I've got double cannon, double rocket. (laughs) (laughs) It's filthy. Andrew's objective by the end of the tournament should be to prove that rockets are undercosted. They are undercosted. <laughs> they are horrendously undercosted. Well, I haven't said that, right? I say this at the start of every game. Like, Fraz said it to me. He was like, I don't, I don't think the rockets are good. And I was like, oh, Fraser, my sweet boy, I will, I will prove you wrong. <laughs> they did fuck all all game. I think dwarves might not be their optimal target. This is no. true. I mean, they were shooting at the artillery. They still managed to kill themselves. This is the thing, like, I don't mind when they kill themselves, because at least they're doing something. It's when stuff yeah. misfires and doesn't do anything for an entire game. Yeah, it saves points, yeah, but boring true. as fuck. It's a nasty list. It's primarily a, an anti-monster list, which is why the, the way it's kind of been geared. But it can deal with most things just because of sheer weight of fire. The synergies are ridiculous. Yeah, it does make the Imperial Guard uh, a definite threat with having all the ways to buff them and all the potential options that you have to, to improve their abilities. The, the In a one-on-one side, fight, what unit is that unit scared of? Uh, stuff like Terror Guard. Yeah, I was going to say, apart from the Dread Elves. Uh, anything that can just kind of pump out shedloads of attacks and outgrind me. So even stuff like Ferals, like uh, Ed's big Feral Brick. I think we hurt each other a lot, but I think Ed wins that, because I think he grinds me out. Dancers of Yema, if they get in. I think they wreck me so bad, but I don't know if anyone would want to run a Dancer Yema unit at my list, because that's a lot of naked ladies running in it as strength 4 shots. Yeah, basically anything that hits hard with lots of attacks. I don't like meat grinders. <laughs> I think... Yeah, and they're only 150 yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> I think so I wreck any of his units with the Imperial Guard. The issue is the meat grinders. Because I don't think it really matters how many wins I do to the unit. The meat grinders just fucking hurt. What are they classed as, meat grinders? Infantry. A war platform. And they charge out of units? Yes. Yep. But you can't target them because they're infantry. And they're an infantry unit. So yeah, he could he could, he could march his rats at arms close and then charge the meat grinder into the Imperial Guard, uh, do a blend, die, and then just deplete the unit, basically. I don't think that's the best idea, but yeah. I don't, I don't think any of those really scare the Imperial Guard. No, I don't think one of them does, but the issue is that I think if he gets one in, I wipe it out, but he does a lot of damage, and then it starts getting dicey, yeah. whatever else they fight. Your shooting is longer range, right? Yeah, that's. I think that's going to be a massive factor in this game. He does have catapults for your Imperial infantry Guard. units, though. I don't really care. Toxic attacks, yeah, you'll kill a few Imperial Guard, but the catapults are also large. So you can shoot them, And yeah. they are ideal rocket targets. I think a big part of this game is if I can kill that bell. It's quite a lot of Imperial Guard with toxic attacks, though, isn't it? It's uh, eight per shot on average. Area four, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But if he wants to try and sit back and outshoot me, I think he loses that. I think he does. I think it's the combination that would worry. Because if he pushes Vermin Hawks close with the Naps the Throwers as well... And then you've got to con- you've got to split fire to concentrate on them, 
and the artillery. I think it could be an interesting game, actually. I think this would be quite a challenging... I think Guillermo might will probably suffer from not knowing the army as well as he might do. And he, uh, depending on how how well he's thought through a game plan for this game, he might struggle. But I think this is an interesting test for your list as well. It's a different one. Yeah, I don't think this is an ideal matchup for me. Anything that wants to try and shoot me back, I don't like. I like being the one doing the shooting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I played a kind of similar list um, that Kieran Dunn brought to the champs. So I'm very wary of war platforms and meat grinders and stuff like that. If I can kill that bell early on with the cannons, I think I can push for a big win. If I don't do that, and it's not, I mean, it's a four up Aegis, so it's not like it's a, you know, a slim hope that that bell gets in. I think it's, you know, quite a reasonable hope that that bell gets in. I mean, if you're concentrating fire on the bell and it survives and it's got five wounds, so it takes at least two hits to kill. That's sexy. I think uh, Guillermo has to push at me. Yes, I think he does. Because I don't think he, he shoots me off. And then if he pushes at me, that increases the risks that it goes very badly for him. But it's kind of the high risk, high reward. Because if he pushes at me and I can't deal with it, potentially he takes a lot of points off me. Yeah, that goes badly and he does take the Imperial Guard unit. You've just lost like half your army. Yeah. I, th- I think for him, he focuses the play catapults on the Imperial Guard to whittle them. I think they do whittle them quite heavily. And I think at that point it becomes dangerous for you to get them into combat with a meat grinder unit. Yep. And that's the bell on the hulks. And the ver- yeah, the vermin hulks can certainly do some damage if they get in range. So I think it becomes really, really interesting. I think it's a I think it's a game of quite fine margins, but I also think whoever wins will probably win quite substantially. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the secondary is for that matchup as well. That's true. Uh, vermin hulks are scoring. All the yeah. Latin arms scoring, the Vermin Guard scoring. Yeah, we probably got a bit even scoring. Resilience 5. I Vermin Hulks are just a nightmare. Oh, they are, aren't they? Resilience 5, Strength 4, right? You cannot shoot the champion off until you've taken off the rest of the unit. There's no way to target the champion. So yeah, you've got to take off 12 wounds of Resilience 5, 4-up armor. Again, it, I don't know. I think, I mean, rockets rip through them. Yeah, for sure. But the rockets don't really want to shoot them early game, they want to be shooting at the play catapults. Or even split. trying to put pressure on the bell. Yeah, split attention. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be a, a good exercise for me for target prioritisation. Yeah. But I think I think G needs to come at me, and I think that's exactly what I want him to do. I think so. I think whoever wins it will win it big. Yeah, I, I agree. You should have the edge on it. Come at me, G! Listen, listen to our tactical advice, Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we think, Paul? I'll give you the edge because I know how effective the shooting can be. It's you've got good range. The orders are really good. You can be buffing the range even more. I think if your shooting turns up and you're taking off things like the catapults and putting wounds onto the bell, then either G has to sit back and you've won the game, or he commits and then at that point it's risky. So I think. And in large part because you've got more experience with your army than he does, I would say it's probably in your favour. Saying that, I mean, I've played games against you and your shooting doesn't turn up. Yes, it is known to happen. (laughs) Life turns to shit quite quickly, and if his stuff gets close and starts putting hits, like Ed was saying about the catapults onto the Imperial Guard and the Thunderhawks are getting in doing shots, then you've kind of lost your one good close combat threat, because the rest of the army isn't going to stand up to the bell and the Hawks. So 
I would say probability wise, your list is probably all round stronger. But if your plan doesn't pan out, I think she could get potentially get quite a lot of points. So I will give it to you with the caveat that if she pushes and it goes well, then he could probably get a good win out of that matchup. Yeah, I think that's fair. Ed? Yeah, I think seven games out of ten, at least, you probably win this one. But some of those games, it goes, it swings the other way fairly heavily. So maybe I'll just call for Guillermo in case he wins, and then I can take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think you should have it. How confident are you going into that matchup? It's not, it's not ideal. I don't like anything with four up Aegis against my cannons. Mm. Because five up, you got one and three. Four up, you got 50%. You know, that's... <laughs> ah, it's not great. As, as someone playing a list that is very... You know, you're relying very heavily on the shooting phase. Come turn three, if you've not taken off what you want to take off, how much are you starting to sweat at that point? Um, come turn three, yeah. if he's... If put, he's in your face by that point, if, if he's, he's just been coming up. If he's put heart on the Imperial Guard and I've not been able to take off enough with shooting and magic, then I think I've lost the game. Um, and it would be damage limitation at that point. I'm 100% jinx myself right now. I think even if I have horrendous shooting, I think the combination of shooting and magic should still be enough. Because, mm-hmm. spoiler, I'm going to go pyro. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to really put the heart on those blocks. What did Giselles do against the uh, Chicken Lord? Uh, it hurts... They are strength 6, and I think they have magical. I think they're AP 10, aren't they? Uh, I don't think so. Sorry, strength 6, AP 4, unwieldy, oh. magical attacks, accurate. AP 4, okay. They're very good, Like I like them a lot. So does that mean Chicken Lord stays behind a hill at least early game while they're... <laughs> I well, tell you, my could... attacks. Come on, man. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, no, I think I've got to be very careful. Um, I actually, I played against uh, my friend Andy at the Falkirk Club a few weeks ago, and I, I actually ran my VC list, and it has double shrieking horror on it. And uh, one of the horrors ran after a unit of Giselles, and I think it was four or five, and they did, I think, four wounds on the shrieking horror, because accurate, strike six. So that hurts a lot, and it hurts the Chicken Lord a lot, because essentially he's just a five-up Aegis against them. Hitting on fours, winded on threes. Oh, because they're magical attacks, so you don't get the one yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So of course. that's that's nasty. Don't like that. However, he's not scared of anything in combat in that list. So if they get close enough and you've got a charge so, on So, yeah, I think I need to either throw him down his throat and say, shoot him off or I'm going to take stuff with him. Or I hold him back until I'm confident that I've got uh, the flow of the game in my favour, then I send them in. But a lot of that will depend on terrain as well. Yeah. Okay, so we're giving the nudge to Andrew? Yep, I think so. Watch me get 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, right, that's all the games. So we'll quickly run through again. So we had uh, Nick against Matt, and we, we think Nick's probably got the, the nudge with his beast herds. We've got Simon against Matt Wilson. Uh, we think Matt Wilson's got the, the nudge because trees hate fire. We've got Monroe against uh, Tony. We think Monroe for that one. We've got Henrik against Tim. We think that's really tight call. So we, we were kind of like, meh, on that one. Uh, Fraz against Brian. We think Brian's probably got the nudge. Uh, Michael against Danny. We thought Danny. Martin against James. We thought James. Andy against Ed. We thought Ed. And then me against G. We think me. Disclaimer. We know very little about the game. So that's probably all for <laughs> Right. 
So, come uh, the end of the 14th of July, who do we think is going to be up in that podium? Having discussed all the lists and the first round matchups, which, after all, you know, it's only three games, so that first game is very important for dictating the rest of the day. Your list and Ed's list are very strong in the phases which they kind of excel at, so, and seeing them play in the club a few times, I think you guys are in with a shout. Tim's a very experienced player, and his list can be difficult to get points out of, so I think that's probably a bet he's up there somewhere. Um, I like Matt's Infernal Dwarves. There's a lot of lists I really like thematically, like I really like Brian's KOE, I like Simon's Elves, Matt's VC I think are really cool. Okay, Ed? I think Matt Wilson's ID, he has things that people will really struggle to deal with, and I think if he matches into a couple of games where people don't have the tools to deal with his army, I think he'll do very well. I think your list, if you get the early result uh, and people are pushing at you to try and get uh, significant points out of games with you, I think you'll do very well. I think maybe, maybe I'll say Matt Reed. I think, you know, he's a very good player and I think he his list has potential to do very, very well. I think vampires are so reliable. Okay. I can hear Martin shouting OP from here. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I think I like Ed's list. It's got big point potential, depending on matchups. I like Matt Wilson's list, again, because I, I totally agree with you guys. I think it's got stuff that some of the lists coming will not be able to deal with. And I think if he plays those games right, you can be looking to get big scores. Without saying like a complete dick, I think my list is looking okay in that field. Uh, there's not a lot of lists there that really scare me like that, and I think there's a few lists that absolutely do not want to play me. There's a lot of monsters and expensive characters kicking about. Tim's just an excellent player, and I have made the mistake of writing his list off before, so I'm not <laughs> going to do that again. But top three, I think, will be... I would have said Matt Reed, but that first matchup's got me thinking, because I think Nick can put the hurt on him. I think Ed, Matt Wilson, and me, slash Tim, because we're essentially the same person anyway, so it's cool. <laughs> a coach, a coach, hold <laughs> uh, I think there's, I mean, there's a few really strong lists there that can really put the heart on if they get the right matchups, and because, like, like we've already said, it's a one day, it makes a big difference if you get your right matchups, because uh, there's not a lot of time for other people to recover and you know, chase you down if you start getting a lead. The good thing is, is that I don't think, apart from one or two, I don't think any of those first round matchups are massive skews. I think Simon's probably got the biggest uphill struggle, and I think there's still ways for him to get a result out of that. So I think whatever happens is going to be super tight, and I think it'll be good fun. For sure. I think it is going to be fairly close. And we saw that at, um, at Siege, albeit it was a team tournament, there wasn't a hell of a lot of points between each of the different positions yeah it was really close at the end of the day so yeah like you said just depending on the matchups i think it will be a fairly tight contest because there are a lot of monsters kicking about and a lot of monstrous are, stuff yeah. lists like Henrix potentially can do quite well i mean if he does well and wins and then goes on to maybe play i know james's list yeah then potentially he could do pretty well there again so it's one of these things where it's just a case of do the matchups go your way yeah. for how your list is designed to operate? So, obviously difficult to, to predict. I think that, that round two is going to be so intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, because like going into yeah, there'll this, be a lot determined at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Going into this, I didn't think because obviously I'm running the ETC list. I thought just like good practice because uh, I couldn't come up with another list that I liked. But actually, seeing the way that the, the fields like folded out and there's a lot of monsters kicking about, I think that's actually changed how the standings are going to go. Like I, I now fancy Matt Reed's list quite a lot because he's got the, the double horrors. His, his characters are good. They're high strength. Yeah. Good AP. So. I mean, there's quite a lot of armour kicking about as well, so that makes me think Monroe and G might have a good time of it. You know, I mean, if Monroe or G get Michael or Brian, that's going to yeah. be painful, and that's a potential massive points swing. Uh, so I think so much of it is still going to be determined by the, the second and third round matchups, but yeah, I, I, I think it'll be tight, and it'll be good fun, whatever happens. If both players in each of the games are trying to contest the secondary that'll make it even more interesting, like you say, because yeah. I think that'll have a bigger bearing than it would otherwise, just with some of the lists being fairly, or some of the matchups being fairly tight anyway. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's any list that we've gone through that's been like, this is the list that to beat, this is the list that will absolutely screw everyone up. And I think, especially the way that you guys are going to do secondary over the course of the day, where it's, you know, everyone's going to be potentially in different scenarios, that is potentially quite a big swing as well because certain lists will want certain scenarios more than others. Yeah, yeah. it means it means that certain scenarios aren't going to be off the table, basically. So Yeah, so everyone's got a fair shot at everything. Well, thank you very much, Ed, for coming on. Yeah, that no, was good thanks, fun. Thanks for having me. Just before we, we finish up, to do our usual spiel, if you want to get in contact with us, you can get on Facebook and find us on there at Scottish Wildlings. Ed is in charge of that group, so if you fire him a little request, he'll get you added in. You can find us on Twitter at Scottish Ninth Age. We will be posting live updates from Drive, so if you can't make it along, be sure to tune in there. You can also get us at Gmail at scottishwildlings at gmail.com. Uh, you can fire us some questions or queries. And in terms of the next couple of shows, the Girlfriends episode is coming, The Widows of Ninth Age. We've just had a couple setbacks, which is 100% because our girlfriends are real and not made up. This is really sounding like we just don't have girlfriends, fiancés, and we're just you know spinning this out until we can actually find just uh, a female or a man with a, a female enough voice that we can pass off as a woman. But we do have better halves. Remind me to give you that uh, casting agency number when yeah. we finish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. theoretically, like you know, you wouldn't think it'd be that hard to find a female-sounding man, but especially in our group. <laughs> and Martin's already said no. <laughs> So uh, that episode is coming because of ETC as well. We will it'll probably be out about August, but we'll wait and see with that one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of ETC itself, Ed and I are going Team Scotland. So I'm going to try and get some content out while we're there. The, the form that takes will largely depend on stuff like how good the Wi-Fi is, uh, what our setup in our apartments is like when we get there. But at the very least, it will be Twitter updates. But I'm hoping we can maybe sort out some. Uh, team interviews and uh, we'll see who's hanging about and maybe try and get some stuff done there so no matter what happens there will be some wildling uh, mad get coverage etc which will be very cool even if it is just me crying because i get humped every game <laughs> so uh just to finish up uh thanks again ed for coming on good fun paul do you want to say or paul and ed do you want to say anything about the tournament before we, we close off just a kind of preemptive thanks to everyone that's Coming to it, especially the guys that are coming up from England and, you know, down Aaron ways, you know, appreciate it. It's a bit of a bit of a trek for coming up, but everyone's enjoyed them in the past and we're really looking forward to it. I think it'll be another really good tournament. And as Andrew said, 
we'll be putting out photos and updates via the Twitter. So keep an eye on that during the day if you want to know how the matchups went, how accurate we were predicting things. Probably not very. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably try and get a, an after strife show as well. Sorry. Yeah, no. maybe get some of the guys that some of the other guys that played to yeah. come on, maybe and, and give us their kind of thoughts and how they felt the day went. Yeah. Get the three people who podium who were none of the people we mentioned. Come on. <laughs> when Simon wins, oh, <laughs> Simon and Henrik, glorious. <laughs> The people's choice. (laughs) So that's us for another episode, uh, and we will catch you in the next one. Cool. Take it easy, guys.